The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 110 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm James. Welcome back, everybody. Nice to have you with us. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Man, oh man, what is going on, boys? Everybody doing well? Yeah, so far so good. We've actually had some some warmer weather these days. It's been a bit of a trying weekend. My son's been sick, but uh, all in all, things are on the up and up. Yeah, nothing to complain about here. We got... uh... We got a lot done this weekend. Busy, busy, but uh, good busy. And we got, uh, like Corey said, we got some weather to get outside, so that was kind of nice. I spent uh, my Sunday TV shopping, which usually is usually is a pretty good thing, you know, adding a new TV to your house. Yes, nice. But uh, mine just unceremoniously suddenly crapped out on me on Friday night watching the hockey game, and it just blacked out, dead. Oh no. Yeah. It gave up on it gave up on the Habs like the rest of us. <laughs> they actually they actually won that game. But yes, yes, yeah. So uh, yeah, we spent uh, we spent most part of the, of today looking for TVs. I didn't want to dither. I I do that. I don't know if you guys do that. Like when you have to make a fairly big purchase, that you just research and research and read reviews and ask around, shop around. I do that a lot. Whether it's cars or TVs or audio gear, I just keep looking and looking and just waiting to find that perfect product and i i it it, it works like half the time so the, the moral is just just buy something and that's what we did today we just went to a couple places good enough let's go nice all right so, uh we got a lg 55 inch 4k very very nice beauty beauty yes. Yeah, I mean, we're not have watching. Have you had it Star 4K? Wars on it yet? That's the important question. That's what everybody wants to know. Have, has Star Wars appeared on that screen yet? Not just yet. Haven't had time. We only only got home at like Boo. four in the afternoon. These are just excuses now. Yeah. Well, hey, you got to set up the TV. I'm not going to bother wasting Star Wars on the setup. Good answer. That's 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 better. Now you're back on track. I I wasted that on watching the Patriots win another damn football game. Boo! You mean another Super Bowl? Not Shut yet. Not yet. <laughs> Actually, they will count those chickens. Go ahead. They will. They will. You know they will. I don't know that they will. They always do, man. Every year, it's like no, this this year maybe you know they're a little bit older, they're a little bit weaker. But God is a Patriots fan, and it's it's tough to play against those odds. Is is the Minnesota game over? I I don't know. It doesn't matter. Nothing nothing that happens at this point will matter because Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, and it's like, going to be wrong. I it's like going to be heartbreaking. It's going to be... Oh, shut up. <laughs> it's going to be really heartbreaking to watch because they're going to be down just like they were down today. And you think maybe you can celebrate the end of the weekend with Tom Brady tears and a, and a piss-faced Bill Belichick. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Just when you think they're down and out, they just do enough to hang around. And was there any doubt? Of course, they, they came back and won it. Anyway... 
Let's uh, let's let's just remind everybody of our of our 40th anniversary Princess Leia figure, which is up for grabs as part of our Powerful Friends program. And also 40th anniversary Leia figure. That is a beautiful prize. In fact, I got one of those myself from Corey recently. Oh no way! I didn't know that. Yeah, ha- happy birthday gift from uh, from my buddy Corey, who oh, or excuse me, Christmas that. gift to uh, who sent that my way. That's super cool. And yes, Thanks, Corey. A, a happy no belated problem, birthday to James. Yeah, thanks, guys. You had, a, you had a nice, huge lobster dinner. I saw. Did you on... see the? Did you see that picture? I, I, uh, I did it up with the lobster tails on my birthday. We don't eat that very often. The kids aren't huge fans. They will eat it, but I'm the only one who loves it. And so, yeah, we did it up. Nice. Very. Oh yeah, that was that was a plate full of lobster tails, man. Mm-hmm. Going for the gold. And also for our powerful friends, I'm going to be dropping the questionnaire, the quiz. For our Han Solo contest. That's going to be emailed out later this week. And up for grabs for that prize. That's going to be killer, man. That is going to be a 40th anniversary Han Solo figure. In honor Ooh, of the man. Yeah. That's a biggie. That is a non-trivial prize. Yeah. So if anybody listening is not yet a powerful friend and wants to get in on this contest. Patreon.com slash TumblingSaber, man. Two, three bucks a month. You're in. The contest is really simple. It's... I've written up 30 questions with the help of Corey and Carlos. And uh, that's it's 30 questions. You give me the answer. It's usually a, a yes, no, true, false. And uh, most answer, correct answers wins. And that's how that works. It's going to be a lot of fun like it was for The Last Jedi. And we, we break down the answers after the movie drops on Sith Disturbers, which is, which is a way off. But the idea is to get your answers in before the Super Bowl because that is when apparently we are going to get the first teaser and trailer on the same night. So I, w- I want you guys to answer the questions before we start hearing news. So I'm going to put a deadline to this. I'm going to give it, I don't know, sometime before the Super Bowl. And you guys are going to have to get your answers in by then. But anyway, don't sleep on this one. This is going to be a lot of fun, and it's a killer prize. An absolutely killer prize. Yeah, if, if there's if there's anything to be said about that, that toy, that prize, is that there, there's good force mojo with it because... That is the Han Solo that led to the discovery of the R2 40th anniversary that I had been searching for forever. My white whale, like I'd walked into Toys R Us and I'm like, I know this store, like in and out, like where the, what was there kind of. And, you know, and I see a Han Solo on the pegs and I'm like, whoa, you weren't here. There's no way, like what's going on. And then I kind of moved him aside and I saw R2 behind him. So I was like, I'm taking both of these. Yeah, that is, that is a sweet, sweet score. So anybody, somebody's going to get a 40th anniversary Han Solo on the heels of getting... Actually, no, that's not, that's not going to happen until May. But you can dream. <laughs> I'll, I'll sit on your answers for a few months. No problem with, with that. Uh, so with that, Corey, you're talking about toys. Any collecting updates you want to share? Yeah, actually, uh, I have to uh, make a little apology to James as well. Well, I kind of mentioned it on Sith Disturbers, but uh, James, for my birthday, had taken me out. And uh, that's when we had kind of exchanged, <laughs> we had exchanged gifts, and uh, the stuff that hadn't arrived for Christmas, I gave to him. Like da 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 da, and uh, he actually ended up picking up me up um, a DJ three and three quarter, which was awesome. While we ate tacos and fried calamari, some Akbar, it's pretty awesome. Wow, yeah. Then uh, yeah, it was a nice a nice lunch, Corey. That was fun. We should do that again. <clears throat> In fact. We probably will soon. Yeah. And um, I tried to get you the six inch, but it, he was nowhere to be found. So I settled. I settled on the little guy. But uh, hey, you never know. Hey man, I appreciate it. it. Was really it was it was nice distraction from the day. You know, 
And I also kind of got myself a few things. Like, like I merged a uh, a Christmas present, which was a gift certificate to a chapters or a bookstore, anyhow. And I purchased uh, the art of the Last Jedi as well as the Force Awakens, and this poster book that's like close to like two hundred pages. It's gorgeous, man. It's so nice, and uh, Son Son of Dathomir as well. That's kind of that's cool. a good one. Yeah, the picture book though, the uh, poster book. I love pictures, man. <laughs> so good. you don't say. <laughs> Yeah, that's true though. In a way, like, oh, man, I've, I've, since a kid, like I was a kid, like I think almost anyone can relate to that. When you're looking at like an old storybook, it's like these this imagery that kind of like draws you in. And when I was a comic book reader back in the day, like I'd read the stuff and just kind of fly through it, right? And now when I picked up reading again in 2012, it's like I've really like taken to the time to like read and examine each panel, kind of if it kind of merits it, you know, like not just flip through a comic and. But like, actually, like, appreciate what the artist is actually doing. So it took me a, it took me a while to get through that that uh, the poster book. There's like, there's uh, no all, wait. I gotta cut you off right there. <laughs> of all the hundreds of books you've bought since 2012, and you've bought a lot more books than I have, what percent do you think you've read? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's no more than like 10 percent. Yeah, between yeah, I would have to say that's that's fair. <laughs> Like you've probably picked up maybe four or five hundred books in the last five years, comics. And it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've probably read, like, yeah, maybe a tenth of them. That's amazing. Probably. Yeah, that that is probably a couple thousand dollars, just sitting there. That's all good. I'm gonna get around to it, man. <laughs> no, you're not, James. You think he's ever gonna get around to this? Uh, look, uh, well, some, some my, of them, some my of them opinion are... is, on this one is is going to be just the same thing as it always is. I, I always like to root against Corey, but it's it, it's just math. If you keep buying more than you're reading, then you'll never get to the end. Like that's just it'll never happen. You have to stop buying them and start reading them. Or it just depends. You got to like <laughs> you got to set up a schedule and read a certain amount per day. You know, get so many done in a week, and eventually you'll catch up. Not if you're buying more. Well, I mean, say you're buying like three or four a week. You know, that means you could read, you got to read like two or three a day. And then, you know, after. <laughs> when are you going to re- start reading two or three a day? Honestly. Okay, fine time. <laughs> it depends, you know. I don't know. There, there's certain comics that I pretty much read every week, you know, that it, it's hard to find time, right? And like, You just said it was easy to find time. Well, it's hard to find time to. I, I, I have a, <laughs> I have a lot of stuff going on, you know what I mean? Like. Oh, only... no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, wait. It's the after hours hockey league you play in. No, 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 sorry. It's it's the curling club you're part of. No, wait, no, the, the cross-country skiing? Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> the book club. Yeah, something like that. Chess Podcasting, club? all this crap. I'm all over the place, man. It's crazy. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm a busy guy. <laughs> Oh, you're like Trump right. have never you're been like, spoken. You're like Trump right now. If you say it enough, maybe we'll believe you. I'm busy. Look, I am busy. I'm busy. <laughs> no, honestly, like, <laughs> it's hard to find time, man. Like, you got to do stuff, you know? Like, make somewhat of a routine of things. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love it. I could do this all night. Not even talk Star Wars. 
But okay, let's 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 do that. Let's talk about Star Wars. Uh, James, do you have anything you want to add to the collecting update besides your 40th anniversary Leia? Uh, I actually got a really nice um piece of art from from Corey as well that I'll take a picture of and put up on the uh, Twitter machine. Um, but Star Wars, Star Wars wise, I never add anything to the collecting, but I did for my birthday weekend week pick up from as gifts and a little treat to myself a bunch of really nice books, and I have read them before, Corey. So I won't be reading these ones. So I can relate to the idea of buying books that you're never going to read. <laughs> well, to be honest, I mean, again, not a very small percentage, but there are certain books that I buy just to, to kind of have. I know I'm never yeah. going to really read them. I, I'll, I'll probably never open. Uh, I bought a 50th anniversary edition of Lord of the Rings. Beautiful, big, heavy hardcover. And it's it's a showpiece. Like, I may flip through it because it's fun to smell new books. And I like I like cracking them open. But that particular one may may or may not ever get read. Because I have other big hard covers that I actually read as well. So what would you do if I just walked into your house and I was like, "Let me see this." It's like threw open. No, no problem. Nice. My books are all for for touching and handling. I don't, I don't know you, any. Like, you really... talked about buying a book that you were never going to read, and I thought you were talking about Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> it's your birthday and all. I thought maybe you were treating yourself. Do those still exist? I, I, you know what? I didn't they didn't Playboy like cease to exist in print has yeah i think so i think uh i think the internet has killed dirty magazines huh all right there you go there you go Uh, and that's why the internet was invented (laughs) okay let's 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 slip into some star wars chat here uh the last jedi's entered the top 10 all time on the box office list and i don't have the exact figure it's somewhere around 1.3 billion dollars total um, it's adding very small totals to that bottom line every day, but I just want everybody to know to not get too comfortable in that top 10. I'm not sure if it's going to catch up or, or, you know, get to number nine on the list, but I just want to say that it's, it's not going to be there very long because we've got a big year in movies coming and certainly infinity war part one will, will knock it down a notch. And then we've got a bunch of other movies whether it's Wreck-It Ralph 2 or The Incredibles 2 or Jurassic World, something will, one of those three will, will probably push The Last Jedi out of the top 10. So enjoy it while it's Wreck-It, there. You think Wreck-It Ralph 2 has a shot at the top 10? I, Is that what they're forecasting? I don't know what they're forecasting, but sometimes an animated movie just comes out of nowhere. And I think Wreck-It Ralph maybe flew under the radar because I didn't see it in theaters. I had no interest in it really. And then it, it hit uh, the TV chase. Like TV networks at some point, and I watched it. And it was a blast. Like I will absolutely take my kids to see part two. Yeah, they love it. It was so good. Yeah, I saw it. It was good. I just, I would be a little surprised if it did that well. That's all. Yeah, it, it probably won't, but you never know. It could be absolutely amazing, and everybody runs out to see it. Incredibles two, I expect to do it to just do gangbusters. Isn't Frozen two coming out this year too? Twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. That it'll be interesting to see if that tops the, the, the part two almost never p- jumps over top uh, part one animated movies i think is that might be ex- not true i think shrek 2 did better than shrek 1 i think uh i think that that isn't always the case for animated movies because they but, build this space right like i think cars 2 did better than cars 1 it's yeah that's well that makes sense it sounds logical but yeah because the, the yeah. first one comes along and sort of sweeps everybody off their feet and then before everybody rushes out to theater it's gone and so the people go, oh, now that I'm fully into it, my, I've watched it 500 times at home and we have every piece of Frozen merchandise that's ever been made. 
Uh, we're absolutely going to go see see part two in, in cinema. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that might be part of it. Toy Story. Uh, I know Toy Story two did very well. So yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, enjoy the Last Jedi as part of the top ten while you can. And uh, a sad note uh, on Friday, Allison Shermer, a producer for Rogue One and Han Solo, amongst others. I think she was also a producer for Hunger Games and some other high profile profile movies. Uh, lost her battle with lung cancer. Well, I don't know if that's exactly what killed her, but she had lung cancer, and they said that uh, she died unexpectedly Friday. So I thought, you know, and she was only fifty-four. That's really. It, I thought that was really, really sad. I, I've never heard her name before. I don't know if you guys have, but uh, yeah, I just want to make a note of that because it's always it always sucks when someone from the Star Wars family dies. So absolutely, and, yeah, and especially sure. at such a young age. So that's yeah, young. So, yeah, tragic, man. So. You know, it's not. She's not someone who's. You know, like we've never heard her before, and I don't. I don't know if anybody listening has heard her name before, but um, you know, for the last couple of days, she has been front of mind. So I thought it was appropriate to just mention her here. So rest in peace, Allison Shermer. And then Corey, last week we ended the show on a listener question from Aaron, who had asked us, "How would we end episode nine? And it was so hard to answer that question. Just because we know so little. So we're just, we're literally pulling at straws at this point. But just as you and I hung up on, the, we ended the show, we chatted for a couple more minutes via Skype, and then we, you know, we, we turned in for bed. And just as I'm heading off, I go, oh my God. And I don't know if it, this was like fatigue induced, but something hit me. And it, it probably will make no sense to most people. If you've read Aftermath, this will help. But I, I came up with this theory that I, I wonder if there's some legs to this. So I'm curious to know what you guys think. And everybody listening, if you've read Aftermath especially, you let me know if this is completely crackers, which it very well might be, or if it has some legs. So, uh, so I mean, I think this is a way to wrap up the whole saga, right? Because they've told us that they're going to encapsulate all all nine movies, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of link back to all of the movies. So, how's this scenario? At the end of Episode 9, Rey returns to Jakku, and she's, she's a full-blown Jedi, and she's armed with knowledge from the books and wisdom of her quest. And, okay, so in, in Aftermath, <clears throat> we'd, we had learned that at one point, Jakku was like this lush, green, like jungle-esque, jungle-esque planet. And why, you know, why tell us that if it's not important? Maybe I'm thinking maybe it's a morsel or like a deeply planted seed for use later. So I thought that maybe for episode nine, Ray returns to Jakku and restores life to the planet. And that's one, and that would be one aspect of it. And then going as I'll say, I'll, she, she might, I'll go so as far as to say that in bringing the planet back to life, that she'll learn to bring people back to life so to speak, which will tie back to the prequels and she'll be the person that learns how to cheat death in a, in a Jedi-like way. And so if, if that's an ending point for the saga, at least until 10, you know, maybe Rey resumes the mantle of Jedi Prime. You know that mosaic in the, the Acto Temple? Yeah, when that's that everybody... insane. Have you seen that, James? I have not. Oh, man. It... it, it... Really, 
emulates like it to me it looks like a, it looks like a yin and a yang symbol like straight up it really looks like you see the dark and the light in this thing straight up and this one guy in the center who is made of both so anyway that that's um, my brain just went to this weird place at the end of last episode so i i wonder if if ray is the only jedi left standing at the end of episode 9 she becomes the new jedi prime and she learns the secret of cheating death, which Palpatine talked about at length, and she brings life back to Jakku. I don't know, is, is nuts crazy? Or is it something something that sounds so weird that they just might go there? I kind of like it. I like I like the bringing the, the life back to Jakku part. Like, I thought that, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't hate that idea. I would watch that movie. Yeah, that part I think... I don't know if they, they have to do that. No, they don't have to do that. But I, I st- that always stuck in my head. Really, like, it was really pointed in there. Why tell us that Jakku was once full of life and is now a dead planet? So did, did Palpatine do that? Did the Empire render Jakku that way? I don't yeah, think Yeah, but so. if you're going to do that, why tell us that uh, Snoke saw the rise and fall of the Empire? Why tell us that? I guess there's any, any number of things we could ask that about. Yeah. So anyway... Let me know if you think that's nuts or if there's some, maybe some, some something possible there. I'd like I'd like to hear your thoughts. So there Kyle you go. Kyle wants feedback on that. Give him some feedback on that, guys. Yeah. I like it, Kyle. Good theory. <laughs> it's just crazy enough that it might work. So, Aaron, there you go. I'm sorry I didn't mention that last week. Uh, and then next up, Star Wars maybe found its first female director. I don't know. You guys tell me. So... Uh, the, the Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, that, I think that that didn't that do gangbusters at an awards show not too long ago. Yes, like well, it's done very well, right? But yeah, it's done very very well critically, and people just love it. Like like Steve from Journals of the Willing just adored that show. So maybe he'd be very pleased to hear that Reed Morano met with Kathleen Kennedy and then would not divulge any details of that conversation. Uh, so, but she did leave this quote. I guess she, Kennedy, was watching with her daughter and then called people and was like, who is this Reed person? She probably thought I was a guy because of my name. She's amazing. We're talking about adventure movies, and I'm not even remembering that she produces Goonies. Any movie that I put my finger on that I loved when I was growing up was a movie that she produced. Anyway, it was a great meeting. Obviously, I can't say anything about what else we talked about. This could be nothing, right, guys? But I, I assume there's some smoke here, right? I would think so when she says they were speaking about action movies from her childhood. Like she could, Adventure she, movies. Yeah, adventure movies. Like what, you know, that could kind of mean, if, it could mean a lot of different things that she had her name attached to, but still, like, to what end? Like, it could be Indiana Jones, maybe? Star Wars? You know, Lucasfilm? I don't know. They probably Goonies talked too. about all those things. Oh, Goonies too. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we're just thinking too much and it's... It's, it's a lot simpler than it looks. Yeah. Yeah, Reed, hey, would you like to do Goonies too? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I'm down with that. I have not seen Handmaid's Tale, but I you know enough people that I know love it, and I've seen enough critical acclaim that it, it's got to be pretty quality stuff. So, sure, I'm okay with that. Anyway, that said, I think any announcement is probably ways off, so we don't need to spend too much time on this. 
And then instead, we can talk about the Knights of Ren and why they were not in The Last Jedi. So, in speaking to Empire on their podcast, Ryan Johnson said, We have a very full movie already. There literally just was just not enough room for another element. I guess I could have used them in place of the Praetorian Guards, but then it would feel like wasting them because all those guards had to die. And if Kylo had some kind of connection to them, it would have added a complication that wouldn't have helped the scene. Truth is, I just didn't see a place for them in the movie. How do you guys feel about that? I, Go ahead, Corey. Well, uh, I I like it, man. Um, it's true. There, there was so much going in on, on in this movie. Um, and the Praetorian Guard would... Using them as a Praetorian Guard would have added this, this level to them that now there's this dynamic of Kylo facing his old friends, which could have been cool, but... You know, you kind of, kind of, again, that that's going to take up time to set that up again as well. Uh, plus, that would kind of mean that Kylo's boys are now like Snoke's boys, and I don't know. Yeah, it does now. When you say it like that, like I was kind of disappointed not to see them, but now to me, what it means is JJ gets his hands back on his own creation. Uh, they make more sense for Nine, personally, for me. And you can, again, you can let JJ finish it. Like now, like well, I'm just guessing here too. But now, at this point, I would think that they're a lock for nine. Like I mean, we we've seen visions of them and heard nothing since. So th- those visions now, like they make me think that they're of a future event. Because I don't know, like how would it pertain to to Ray? Why would Ray have really like? Uh, anyhow, I, I just think that they that they're going to be in nine and this is good news to me. And I, I like his explanation. It's true. Like I, another element to the story could have been too much. Like, and again, it leaves room for nine. Like maybe like, uh, like I'd mentioned this on the, on the Facebook page, but you know, like Ray's kind of fledgling Academy. If she has like a few students under her wing or something, you know, versus them. And like, you, you know, she's going to need more challenges in, in nine too to like really, She's gone through a lot already, but now nine, there's got to be a whole lot more dumped on her, you know, to, so we can reach the conclusion of this movie. And I think that's a big, that would be a big stepping stone there. Fair enough. J- James, you got a take on the, the Knights of Ren? Um, I, uh, I'll be short because I'm going to be negative. I didn't, when I read that article, it just su- summarized for me, like, or it was a, an encapsulation of, of why I don't like what he did with the movie. To me, I just read that as, um, you know, I, I knew what I wanted to do and there was no room for the ideas that, that were, um, leading, leading to this movie. Like I didn't want to put them in this movie. So I didn't, uh, cause I wanted to do my own thing and sort of to hell with the setup I was given. That's how I read it. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you kind of hate something or just fully hate something? Yeah, I kind of hate it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I see it almost in a way as him giving respect to the character. Because if you can't write the characters a proper role within your oh, film. It, respect. <laughs> oh, my true, God. Man. Like, Police. The, how, how, how lame would it have been if they just came and went? Like, that happened with Snoke. and No, he could have written a movie that involved them since they were supposed to be important. That's my point. Yeah, but I, I don't think that the, the, the trilogy is not over. And it still leaves room for them. Like... Yeah, I'm happy about that. Anyway, like I said, I don't like it. You guys 
Corey likes it. I think Kyle, from what I gathered on Facebook, you, you're, you're okay with it. Well, it just, it just it lined up with my prediction. I, I, I said there was too many cooks in the kitchen anyway. Like, I didn't think, like, as we got closer to The Last Jedi and they were not in any of the marketing, I said, ah, I don't think they're going to be in it. I mean, we've got these eight Praetorian guards. We're going to throw in another seven or eight Knights of Ren? Like, it's going to be just, it's going to be too much. So I, I thought, from that perspective, where would they fit? I mean, remember way back when we thought there was going to be a battle on Acto of, of Luke and Rey versus uh, Kylo and the Knights of Ren. I think we were all convinced of that. But you know that, that that did not happen whatsoever. Yeah, and then you know we were speculating the force tree on fire. That was Kylo burning the thing, but in reality it's Yoda. You know, like love it. Way off, way way off. <clears throat> anyway, so I, I was happy that for for change I was right, at least or at least I aligned <laughs> with the director. I don't um, think you're. I don't think you give yourself enough credit. You're often right, but uh, yeah. Eh. Well, you know, at least there's room for them in nine. We can agree on that. Like, I'm I'm hopeful that they'll they'll make room for them in nine to. Yeah, to they have to. Cool. They've got to be in nine. And, and, and maybe if they're a JJ and Lawrence Kasdan thing, JJ is going to bring them back. But I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll I think there's another angle that again maybe people will scoff at, but I think is is a real world p- practical thing. And it's the merchandising angle. And I think the the Praetorian guards are sort of filling that role of like the cool masked guys from this movie. And I think if you layered in, like imagine you, so there's people out there going nuts, trying to collect all eight black series, Praetorian guards. And you're going to throw in another batch of Knights of Ren black series. Like that's maybe you're oversaturating uh, the merchandising aspect. So hold those guys back for nine. And those can be a focal point of, if not the uh, focal point of the movie, then at least one of the focal points of your merchandising for episode nine. I totally think that that's a reasonable way to think, but I got a penny on this. Who do you think um, puts that kind of pressure, Lucasfilm or Disney? I'm, I don't know how the merchandising totally works. I think Disney controls more of the, mer- the merchandising aspect. I could be wrong. Yeah, I would think so too. So if just- I'm not, here, I've got, a, I've got a Ray figure on the wall here. And there's no Lucasfilm logo on this figure. There's a Disney logo. There's a Hasbro logo. But Kyle, let me ask you then, if you think it's possible that the merchandising of this came into why the plot didn't involve those characters, then aren't you sort of suggesting that Disney influences the script? (laughs) I don't know. Like I said, there could be two different, totally separate things. And I could be totally wrong. They could could be just checking. I'm just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I just know, you know, myself as someone who has to bend over backwards to just buy the things that I do get. I think maybe Tim would be a better guy to ask because he, he he does a hell of a job buying a lot of the Black Series. Like, how would Tim manage getting all the Praetorian Guards and then wanting the Knights of Ren as well? You know, that's, that's another 30 bucks per figure times seven. It makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think that they... That stuff is calculated down, um, you know, right to the last, uh, the last penny, and they, they're counting on a lot of sales of those products. So they they they, they market and plan and and uh, and factor that in. I just wonder though, like, is someone saying like, don't keep, the, we don't want to put the toys out, so you choose eight red guys or or, or you know, the Knights of Ren. 
I wonder. I, I, I like thinking about it like this, man. Like, Snoke, he had his Praetorian Guard. Now, Supreme Leader Kylo has his Knights of Ren to protect him for seven, right? He's got his little crew. And if we can assume, and I really am leaning that way heavily, I don't necessarily think that Ryan totally neglected it. Like, I think he left a breadcrumb for the next director and or writer to follow in the sense we got the revelation that he had taken a handful, at least five or more Jedi with him on his on his way, on his exit from the Academy. So really plausible to think that that could be them. Like, Oh yeah. I think, I think for sure that's them. And and that that kind of makes it like a good setup. Then that way it's like, he didn't really like neglected it, but he set it up for the next guy. Say like, Hey, now, now Ray's got a real problem to deal with and that these guys are force users as well. And there's like seven of them. But is that his original idea? Or wasn't that set up already from the last, uh, from the force awakens? Didn't they tell us that there were, no uh, students that got away no my no i don't think so we don't know why we never knew really where those knights came from maybe somebody theorized it but in the movie itself or maybe it's in the novelization we, but i don't think so we were under the impression that he pretty much slaughtered the entire academy on his own like burnt mm-hmm. everybody to the ground anyway somebody out there probably suggested it but we've us here on this podcast have never spoken about that angle i don't think so anyway, yeah, I'm I'm glad that they're around, but I I don't know how well fleshed out their backstory will be in nine. Again, there's just not a lot of time to go into their their super deep history. Like it's it might be just hinted at that these are the handful of students that Kylo took off with, and it's up to Ray to deal with them. I want to I, find I out about that that vision, man, from the Force Awakens. I, I can see the Knights of Ren being the subject of. You know, lead up to episode nine. You know, they always have like the lead-in book, Journey Two, right? Mm-hmm. I could see them being being for sure like the subject of a, of a miniseries in comics or a novel, maybe both. Who knows? They might they might push them really hard. But anyway, I'm glad that they're still around, and I'm I hope that they have a significant thing to do in episode nine. Okay, let's jump over to the Han Solo teaser, which is perhaps coming Super Bowl Sunday, which that would be according to Manabite, a.k.a. Jeremy Conrad. I should have, probably should have flipped that, right? <laughs> I take him pretty seriously as a source. I think he's, he's usually got his, his uh, stuff in order. So if you needed a reason to watch the big game, you I guess you now have one. Anybody, you guys gonna, are you, were you guys planning on watching the Super Bowl anyway? Yeah, I always watch the Super Bowl. Snacks a priority that day? Yeah, good snacks. A uh, few of the right people. It's fine. I, even if even if the Pats are in it, even if the Pats win it, which they won't, you're wrong. They won't win it this year. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I like the Super Bowl. Wait, let me. I'm gonna check that score. What about what about you, Corey? You, t- you are you a Super Bowl guy? Because you, I don't think you watch a lot of football during the year. Not really. I don't really get much of a chance. Like, what can I say? You're, my, well, my, you're busy. You're busy. You're, you're, no, you're that, a very that'll, busy guy. Uh, That'll honestly say that my wife absolutely hates football. And like whenever I sneak it on, even if she's like, like not even in the room and can hear it, it's like, meh. I'm just like, ah. Wait, wait, wait. You can't watch it at all? Like it can't be on? Well, I'll say like if she's in the kitchen, you know, like, like no, she just hates football for some reason. But that's, but the Super Bowl, we actually kind of watch 
almost every year we watch the Super Bowl and like to kind of get her into it like we we've done in the past we've we've done like the spread you know like and it's usually just the two of us like we'll do wings usually every year that yeah so far we've done nachos I do this like heaping I love nachos pyramid of nachos, nachos. man get the layers you know what I mean don't forget the yep. middle Oh, I, I hate it when you go somewhere and you order nachos and everything is on top and it's like a solid layer of like melted cheese on top and they're all stuck <laughs> together and then underneath is just like dry nachos. Oh yeah, I've seen it my is buddy bad do... nacho planning. I cannot my... abide by that. I saw my buddy do that twice, man. Where he just like does that and then like right away he's like, waiter, like hey, yeah, more uh, more condiments on top, please. <laughs> like, like who's like who, who's doing this? Who's thinking in this nacho plate out? You layer it. You put down some nachos. You put some toppings. You put some nachos. You put some toppings. You heat it up. It's ridiculous to not do it any other way. And more, more ingredients, more expensive. It's once a year. You're gonna do nachos. Do it right on the Super Bowl. For no, God's I'm talking sense. about in a, in a restaurant. But yeah, hell yeah. If you do it on your own, man, you do it up. By the way, if you needed an update, the Super Bowl will consist of the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. Really? They smashed the Vikings. Condolences to anybody who's listening who is a Vikings fan. Wow. 38-7. Not even a contest. No. I don't know if you'll admit to this or not, but I remember that you were huge on the Eagles back in the uh, Randy Cunningham days. I had a Randall Cunningham t-shirt. That's it. I wasn't a fan. I had a Randall Cunningham t-shirt that was a Christmas gift. (laughs) <laughs> that's it man lies lies jeez oh my god this guy in his revisionist history I'll never forget that t-shirt it was awesome it was a nice t-shirt I think you you assimilated it nah might have, I might have assimilated some other shirts but that one no yeah my smashing pumpkins Oof, yeah what else don't admit to it now I don't, I don't <laughs> want to know now my bike, my rollerblades, my Smashing Pumpkins t-shirts. Forget it. Okay, so anyway, we're supposed to be getting a teaser. Or at least the theory, according to Jeremy, is that because a 30-second spot costs like $5 bucks, they're not going to pay $25 million to air a two-and-a-half-minute trailer. So they'll do a 30-second teaser during the Super Bowl, and then at some point later that night, they'll release the whole trailer. Which is good for us, guys. That's really good for us because we record Sunday nights. So we might be able to catch our rookie virgin thoughts on Han Solo teaser and or trailer as we record, which I think is going to be pretty interesting. Well, I don't. I hope they don't wait till after the game to drop it because then we'll be recording at like midnight, no? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Take Monday off. Have the, Get the Super Bowl flu. <laughs> I, I, I might feel it coming on. All right, so we've, this week we also got a Han Solo movie synopsis. So I'll read that. Board the Millennium Falcon and journey to a galaxy far, far away in Solo, a Star Wars story, an all-new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy. Through a series of daring escapades deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters the notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that will set the course of one of the... Star Wars Saga's Most Unlikely Heroes. <laughs> it's, a, it's about as generic as it gets, right, guys? Yeah, that's not giving us a whole lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much very, that's what I have written here, like very 
like typical, like there's nothing really out of the world, out of this world here, but it does sound pretty cool. It sounds, I mean, it sounds like fun. I mean, we knew about Chewie and Lando already, and... The criminal underworld part's a, a plus for me, like just getting that confirmation. Like, I mean, I know we had a a suspicion, but I, I like the fact that they're not mentioning so much the Empire here. Like, the daring escapes part can kind of lead into that. I'm just... Daring escapades. Ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. You're I, busy. You, you don't have time to read. Yeah, anyhow. <laughs> it's. I, I just, I'm hoping that the Empire doesn't play a big role in this film. I hope it's more that criminal underworld thing going on with, you know, a, a sprinkling of the Empire just for good measure, which makes sense, like, but at the same time, keep it to a minimum, hopefully. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this, man. Like, I can't wait to get uh, my eyes on, like, just the visuals, because, you know, like, each movie kind of has its own little flavor, you know what I mean? And I'm really interested to see how, especially how this standalone is going to stand alone, like, if you know what I mean. I don't. Okay. <laughs> anyway, visually, I'm really excited to see what it, uh, what the crew has done, what Ron Howard's done, uh, the script as well. Like, I don't think we're gonna get too much in the trailer, but I think we're bound for some amazing visuals, some racing. Uh, who knows, man? Well, I mean, Ron Howard comes from the school of George Lucas, right? They they worked together a lot in the '70s and '80s, and uh, Ron Howard, I think, was. I think Lucas wanted Ron Howard to direct Phantom Menace, and it just didn't work out. So, I mean, this this is, in, in a way, a long time coming. So we'll, we'll see what Ron Howard can do. I'm looking forward to it for sure, and I think it's going to be the closest thing to a straight-up action movie that we're going to get. Like, I don't know that there's going to be very many layers of, of the onion to peel here. I think this one is just going to be straight up. And throwbacks, which probably some people are going to dump on. Throwbacks and callbacks. and uh, What I'm really interested to think of in this movie, too, is that when they said quite a while ago that it's how Han got his name, like I'm almost starting to think of that in the sense that everything that happens, his escapades in this adventure, kind of make him like uh, a galactic player, if you will. Like People will have heard of him in a way. Like, everybody kind of knows Han Solo, like, the way Maz kind of, you know, when he walks into the tavern, she just has to, like, take a sniff of him or, force, like, force senses him, whatever it is, and she's like, Han Solo, like, everybody just knows this guy, and I think this is the movie where he kind of, like, burns the galaxy in a way where everyone's just like, Han Solo, everybody wants a piece of him, you know? So, like, when he goes to Tatooine at that one point in A New Hope, and, like, Han Solo looks at him, like, at first you almost think he's trying to, like, sell Luke. But now I'm almost starting to think, like, what are you, what's, what's wrong with you? You haven't heard of the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bob Iger said as much, right? Like, he told us way back when that this movie will show us how Han Solo gets his name. Which which led to two splintered schools of thinking that Han Solo is not Han Solo's real name. And yep, that's what he I named remember. himself. And uh, otherwise, just how he earned his reputation. Yeah. It's going to come full circle. Like the way he meets Kanji club. Like it's perfect. Yeah. And it is interesting what you say about the empire Corey, that it's not mentioned in this, but when you look at those Lego sets, there's a tie fighter. There's a, a scout transport, whatever it was called. And I think we've seen, in the, I don't know if it was the three and three quarter line of toys coming or the black series, there's a Tarkin coming. 
So I, I don't know if that means he's getting a cameo again. I don't think so. I think just Tarkin is a long way overdue Black Series toy. Yeah, maybe. And again, there's the Mimban Stormtrooper, and there's a, there's there's troopers all over the Lego sets. So I, I don't know. I don't know what role the Empire is going to have. Maybe it's maybe we get like a prologue, like a 15 minute prologue of Han in the Empire. Exactly. Something it could be something like that. We have no idea. But again, if they want to make it interesting, it's it's okay to have a a, a dash of empire again like criminal underworld aspect but they kind of have to bypass the empire which makes the mission that much more dangerous well that's the real trick eh like you know well, yeah mean? you see the i think the empire is always going to be in the background just there it's the empire at like almost like the height of its power where they're just everywhere you can't you can't look in a specific direction and not see a stormtrooper patrolling somewhere i don't know that's it's, it's gonna be fun though Anyway, whatever the case is, the wheels are finally in motion for Han Solo, and things should start to loosen up on that sooner or later. Like, I guess, running out of racetrack, so things have to start happening. And that's why I want to get the Han Solo contest for the Powerful Friends out. I want people to answer this before spoiler reports, before posters and images and this and that. I want people going in totally blind. All right, that is it for news, if we can really call any of that news. All right, so let's uh, let's get into an absolutely loaded, loaded binary sunset. Loaded. It's it's huge, man. A lot of a lot of interactions this week. So we'll get to those starting with ads, who's devised a bit of a game for us this week. Yeah, I'm super looking forward to this. Hello, guys. Hope you've all had a good week. Uh, my Apologies for sending this message in a bit later than than normal. There is, however, a reason. So we're going to play a game. I am sending you two emails, and in the subject matter of those emails, I will put "do not open" until until the show itself. In Star Wars, there are memorable quotes. I'm going to focus just on the original trilogy, but in the first email, I'm going to send you over. A list of 12 words and I want you to tell me which quote those words come from and in the second email I'll give you the answers so something you can play along whilst you're recording and um, the listeners can do as well hope it goes well have a great show and as always I look forward to listening take care bye there goes mr. ads the second half of the unexpected podcast duo. How's that? How's that going over there, James? It's going actually pretty well. We're having fun. We're Any behind the scenes the, uh... bickering? You guys arguing about the the color of M and M's you want in the in the green room? You know, there's only one thing that we've we found that we disagree on. It, it's uh, it's really a small thing, but um, I know that Balrogs don't have wings, despite Peter Jackson's movie, and ads is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right there you go yeah he's not here to defend himself or or give us his take there's nothing to defend he's wrong <laughs> he thinks they have wings <laughs> <laughs> what if he drank a red bull then then he would have wings that's the you know that's the only time that's that's what red bulls does right it gives you wings absolutely okay so ads has given us this fun little game here and i, I think the way we're going to do this is there's there's 12 words that i'm looking at 
and they are used in Star Wars, in the OT. So I'm going to give Corey the first word, and Corey's going to have, I don't know, how, 10 seconds? Yeah, can't be here all, we can't be here all night. So 10 seconds. Corey's probably already looked at Ad's answers. Ugh. It's okay, you it's can admit douche. to cheating. <sighs> Such a wiener. Okay, so Corey, what you're going to do, I'm going to give you the word. You give me a Star Wars quote from the OT using that word. Bring it on. I'm ready. All right, Corey, your word is help. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ding, ding, ding. I'm not doing sound effects, so don't ask me to. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. <clears throat> James, your word is eyes. Hmm. Well, I got one. I don't know. <laughs> Corey for the steal. Let me look on you ah, with yeah. my own eyes. Just once. I'll just say that, Corey, in going two for two, you did take the two quotes that Ad, Ads has provided us. Really? Yeah. Oh, this, is, this is getting fishy. Jesus. What? Help me. Help and Star Wars. Like, the right away they're synonymous. But that one racked my... I had to rack my brain. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Hmm. All right. That's deep, though. That's a deep, deep cut. <clears throat> that doesn't come to my mind right away. All right, I'm going back to James for this one. James, your word is try. Oh, there is no try. Ding, 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 ding. Do, do or do not. I like James that. is back in it. Corey, your word mm-hmm. is stuck. Why, you stuck up? A half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. Well, look at that. That's also an ads' answer key. This is this is amazing, Corey. <laughs> what do you want me to say, man? <laughs> it's the first... Oh, anyway. These James. Classic quotes. James, your word is father. Luke. No, sorry. No, I am your father. Oh, that was close. He's keeping it close. close. He's keeping it close. I see, I, I could say a couple others there. Father, please. Father, please. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 numerous. What, Luke and Leia at the Ewok village? Yeah. Palpatine. Yeah, Palpatine. Uh, Uncle Owen. He's got, or Aunt, Aunt Peru. There's too much of his father in him. Mm-hmm. Lots of instances of father. Um. All right, Corey, are we back to you here? Sure. <clears throat> Your word is never. I'll never join you. It's not true. There you go. Never tell me the odds. There you go. Mm, nice, nice. That could have been one too. That's that's that was Ad's answer. All right, James. That's another one for you to you got to keep you got to stay close here. Twelve. Oh, crap. Parsecs. I'll give it to you. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. Did I have that answer? Uh, did he? Let's see. Is the number twelve in it more than once? Do you think the number twelve is in the movie more than once? Ooh. I don't think so. I can't think of another as a line. 
No, I can't. I can't think of one. I think. I think if if there is, Dave Donovan's gonna yell at us and be very angry with us for not knowing. He's yelling right now. If there is, he's just <laughs> ye- he's yelling. I just, Telling I just us how shite we are. <laughs> Hi, Dave. <laughs> Love you, Dave. Okay. Um, all right, Corey. Faith. Your faith in your friends is yours. I find your lack of faith disturbing. There you go. Yeah, two good good ones. All right, James. Force. May the force be with you. It's a pretty easy one. All right, we got a a five-four score here. Corey, Mm -hmm. failed. You have failed me for the last time, Admiral Pitt. Ah, I think it was Captain. Well, whatever. (laughs) It's not like I said 12 parsecs. (laughs) (laughs) I will show you leniency. This is really, this this is definitely setting Dave off. But I'm letting Admiral go over when it should have been Captain. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm just too lenient. I'm too soft. James, you need this one. If you don't get this one, okay. you're out. Young. I got one. I don't know. I got one. Go on, James. Go ahead. Yeah, Go classic ahead, moment. Think Empire. Think Empire. Oh, uh, on Bespin. N- now I'll kill you. No, now you die, young Skywalker. Hmm. <laughs> That's uh, Emperor Palpatine at the end. Now you will die, or now you die now, young Skywalker. I'm sure he says that. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it to you. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. I, I was thinking <clears throat> the Force is with you, young Skywalker. All right, Corey. If you get this one, it's all over. If you, if you, if you don't get this one, James has a chance to tie it. Your word is learned. Oh. Hang on. Yeah, go check out his answers. Hang on. (laughs) I am. I'm waiting for you to do that. I got you. You must unlearn what you have learned. Well done, Corey. Hats off to you. Well done, boys. That was actually well played. Was that Ad's answer? Uh, Ad's? Nope. That was not Ad's answer. Yeah, so Ad's, Ad's answer was, When gone am I, the last of the Jedi will you be? The Force runs strong in your family. Pass on what you have learned. Deep. Nice. Which deep, ties bro. which ties into The Last Jedi. When, when Yoda knocks Luke in the head with his, with his little gimmer stick. <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> that part is underratedly funny. Clocks like him in the head funny. with his stick. You see, you see old man Luke, he's just sitting there. And imagine you're you're like a fifty five year old man. You get whacked in the head by this little green muppet. Anyway, that's it. Ads. That was excellent, man. That was a lot that of fun. A, that was fun. Yeah, that, that was cool. He put in a lot of odd, a lot of work on this. So ads. I appreciate that, man. That was really really well done. Thank you, sir. All right. Shall we move on to Mr. Bradley? Bradley's got a nice little story, a little family anecdote to share with us here. So let's let's tune into Bradley. Some Bradley banter and. We'll kick around his questions at the end. 
Hello, Tumbling Saber. Bradley here with this week's Star Wars question for you guys. And actually, I got a little story to go along with it. Um, I got to go see The Last Jedi uh, yesterday for the third time. I uh, was able to take the whole family and also to uh, take my mom to go see it. She had not seen it yet, and uh, I kind of got lucky this this time uh, uh, around um, to get to take her to see it first. Uh, when The Force Awakens came out, she was actually with my sisters over the holidays, and they were uh, they were able to take her to go see The Force Awakens, and so I didn't get that uh, opportunity of getting to take her to see it first, which kind of always bums me out because of, uh, you know, the whole thing of her taking me to see Star Wars uh, back in 1977. And so um, I did get to take her to see Rogue One um, for the first time uh, when it came out. So that was pretty cool. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get to do it this time as well. And so, yeah, we saw it the third time for the third time. And I have to say, I like this movie even more. Um, you know, a, a lot of people I've heard, they've said once they've seen it for at least three times, um, the movie kind of changes for them. Um, it kind of clicks with them, or it kind of feels more like Star Wars um, to them. And I would have to say that I agree with that. Um, uh, some stuff that bothered me, you know, definitely the first time around didn't bother me as much. Um, I've kind of settled into... Um, you know, what's expected, um, and um, I found myself just kind of looking forward to, oh, this scene's fixing to come up, and just looking forward to it, and just kind of uh, more or less um, just immersing myself in it, and just really enjoying it, uh, and so I noticed um, I noticed that after coming out of the third viewing, so I asked my mom, you know, what did she think about the movie, and she kind of just looked over at me and and started bobbing her head up and down and said, "I like it. I, I liked it. It was it was good." And um, you know, she she made the comment, "There's a lot to process." <laughs> and she said, "You know, I'm gonna have to see it a lot more to to understand everything or to catch everything um, because um, on our on our way home, taking her home." You know, I was asking her, well, did you, did you see this? Did you see that? You know, and, and some of them, she said, yeah, I saw that. Or no, I didn't see that. I'll have to, I'll have to look for that the next time. And so, um, you know, that's what's, that's what's beautiful about these movies. You have to watch them a hundred times just to, to, uh, get everything that's put in these movies. And, um, uh, you know, that's, and, and even after that, you still don't get everything or you don't get all the meanings or, or stuff like that, you know, that goes along with these movies. So, um, yeah, it was a good experience and she enjoyed it. Um, so my Star Wars question, now that I've finally gotten around to it, is I noticed that Snoke, the, the so the first time Kylo was in there was Snoke and he is, um, um, belittling him in a sense and um, he makes the comment 
uh, about, I believe he says something to the effect that that the Skywalker and the seed of Skywalker cannot survive. And I'm not sure if I'm if I heard that correctly or not, but I want my question is, did I hear that correctly? Uh, for those of you who've seen it a lot more than I've seen it, and what if if it is if it if I did hear it correctly, am I reading in too much, or is he alluding to Ray being the seed of Skywalker, or if I heard that correctly, is he alluding to th- that Kylo is a seed of the Skywalker, which is we know is true, and so that's my question. I'm I'm hoping to get some kind of uh, answer, or I don't think I'm going to get a resolution here, but you know I'm I'm hoping to get some direction if I heard that correctly, or um, or did they just tell us that Ray is actually a seed? of Luke Skywalker. So, um, that's my question. I'm hoping, uh, y'all know the answer to that. Uh, at least it, hopefully you'll know if I've even heard that correctly and you'll be able to correct me on that. Um, cause I don't know when the next time I'll be able to go see it, but, uh, I'd hate to have to wait a couple more months, uh, when it comes out on Blu-ray and get it thin and, and go to that and watch it and, and see, you know, for myself, if I heard that correctly or not, but yeah, that's my question for this week. Uh, hope y'all hope, uh, y'all have a good show and hopefully y'all have a good week. And I know y'all, I know y'all are, uh, y'all are pretty cold and the weather's not too great up that way. Um, uh, this time of the year and hopefully y'all stay safe, but, uh, best wishes to you guys and may the force be with you. Bye. All right. There goes Bradley. Nice little story, Brad. You know, I can relate to that because once once our parents, I guess, gifted Star Wars to me and Corey, like I always wanted to like give it back to them in a way. And <laughs> they just were like, eh, whatever. <laughs> do, do you remember that, Corey? Yeah, of course. We tried. They'd still watch it. I mean, if we put it on, they'd watch it with us. But it was always just like background noise to them. I, True, I, I, but I, I find our father anyway in the... In the in the least has taken more of an interest in it lately like he'll sit down and watch the whole thing and probably even several times just because the kids are watching it or whatever and yeah, yeah he'll watch it know. but he he like dad likes to watch things for the spectacle yeah exactly and star wars is a spectacle so he, in that regard he kind of does enjoy it and he does ask questions which is cool yeah and you, i wanted to take or at least i mean i'm not going to be able to take them to see the last jedi but at least i was like oh I'll definitely buy the disc and come watch it with you guys. And then I find out that you spoiled them on it. You're the worst. No, to be honest, I don't want to say this thought, but it was my wife. <laughs> was she ever whisper 2000? She's listening that uh, you're, gonna, you're talking about her? I don't need the headache. But either way, yeah. Why, she told, yeah, she told her parents that Luke died? Well, you know, mom, mom's like, yeah, so what happens? Does Han Solo die? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, mom, that happened in The Force Awakens. And then, and then my wife's kind of like shaking her head and my mom's looking at her and like, does Luke die? <laughs> Nancy just like, I don't know, starts shaking her head yes, you know. Ah, stupid.
Don't... Ah! Spoilers! People, come on. Anyway, that was... Uh, I was I was at their place last night, and I was like all jazzed up. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring the disc over once I get it, and we can watch it. Oh, yeah, Corey told us Luke dies. It's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, at that point, when she looked at me, I just kind of like shrugged my shoulders like, eh. <laughs> the worst. You love spoiling things for people, huh? Like, not in, not in a way like, I'm going to ruin this for you, but in a way like, I need to talk about it, and you're going to hear it whether you've seen it or not. You know, Mom, she's asking all kinds of questions. I wasn't telling her anything. <laughs> that was good. Yes, Mom. All right. So, okay. Bradley put out, laid down a bunch of things, which I think all lead to some very interesting possible avenues. But I think maybe Bradley misheard the quote. Cause I don't know it either. I mean, I haven't seen the movie in three weeks now. So, but that line, I, I don't quite know the line he's talking about. Um, I think the line is something more like, as long as Skywalker is around, the seed of the Jedi survives. I don't know that he was, there's anything there specifically to infer that maybe Rey is the seed of Luke. What did, what did you pick up, Corey? Honestly, like, I haven't seen the movie in roughly that same time frame, too, and I've only seen it twice. So it's kind of in the back of my mind, the quote, but I do find it interesting. I was really hoping for clarification from you on exactly what they had said, but I don't necessarily infer that as meaning uh, Ray. Like, I kind of see it being more Kylo. Yeah, I guess, well, I mean, the, the mighty Skywalker bloodline, right? Yeah, exactly. That's franchise dynasty. Yeah, it's all part and parcel of it, I guess. But I, I really think the whole thing is moot because I'm pretty sure that the line is is more centered around the the idea that as long as Skywalker around, this little seedling of of Jedi life exists, and that that we can't have that. So, what do you think he's talking about, Luke? I think so. I think so. He's... When Luke has his last hurrah, that's kind of like. The coup de gras that like that spark that the galaxy needs to form that new rebellion or whatever. Yeah, just to reinstill hope. Because I mean, Leia, Leia, five minutes earlier is talking about how there's no hope left in the galaxy. The first time you ever hear Leia, kind of give up. You know, I'm I'm still reading uh, Leia of Alderaan, and the whole book is just littered with things about hope. She's just so hopeful all the time. And yeah, she's all about hope. Rogue One, the message to Obi-Wan. Of course. And now here we go at the at the end of The Last Jedi, and she's like, There's there's no hope left in the galaxy. She's defeated. Like you've you've never seen Leia defeated. So that was a pretty pretty heavy moment, I guess. Um I don't know. Yeah, anything else you want to say on that? I don't know, like it's interesting. Like you can kind of also look at it in the way if Luke had have helped her more, then you can kind of still look at it at Ray in the sense that he he seeded something with her, you know, like the seeds that he laid. But again, like he was kind of a grump with her, and she kind of ditched him. But he still did teach her the first the first two lessons, which were pretty intense. Yep, that is that is correct. All right, uh, I'm I'm not sure that there's a whole lot more to add. 
don't know. I, I think I think if there was if if there there was anything to pull out of that line linking Luke to to Ray specifically or maybe even to Kylo on a different level. <clears throat> I think maybe we'd have we'd have spoken about it already. Not I don't mean us as in the three of us. I mean fandom. That's something we'd we'd be kicking around like crazy. I just I just I'm not seeing it. Well, I I don't want to look at it in the terms that you know if Kylo survives and redeems himself, then there's hope. Yeah, I I, I don't know if we're gonna uh, I don't you know what we're gonna leave Kylo and redemption alone for today. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for, uh, nope, forget it. Anyway, let's let's move on from from Kylo and redemption. I'm sure we'll be back there someday. Bradley, I hope that answered your question. I I may be wrong myself. I might be mis misremembering to steal a fellow Texan Roger Clemens line. Misremembering the quote myself. <laughs> um, but there you go. All right, let's move on. We Dave Donovan is here this week, <clears throat> and Dave says. Show me again the power of the dark side. So knowing what we do about Snoke, is it safe to assume he was pu putting visions of Vader into Kylo's mind to mislead and control him? Snoke is Vader lecturing or even teaching him dark side stuff or even rewiring and warping his mind like some MK Ultra stuff? I don't know what that means. To make him more pliable and subservient. So basically, Corey, is is Snoke inserting bad thoughts into Kylo's mind? Well, first and foremost, I, I remember way, way back in the day, I actually wrote a piece on this and everything, like sent this huge email to talk Star Wars on Leia and Han and Luke for some, some reason. He had a part in it as well, not explaining to Kylo that Vader was his grandfather and the circumstances behind it and the whole work. So what's kind of muddies the water is we don't know exactly how much Kylo knows about Vader and what Vader did. They kind of say something about it in the force awakens where that one moment of weakness in Vader, he kind of turned on his master. And, but again, that seems to be Snoke manipulating him. Uh, we don't really know again, what Kylo knows about Vader and Vader's true intentions and all that stuff. So, I think well, it's they seem very to view likely. the Anakin side of of that person as a completely flawed individual. Like the Vader part was perfect for those guys, right? Yeah, but that's it. I don't think Kylo really knows of Anakin. Like he only knows Vader. So, like he, I'll finish what you've started. Like all this stuff. Like it really is a good point. Uh, in the sense that. Why is he thinking this so much? It really does look like someone taught him only what he needed to know. Like, he's got his helmet. He's obviously done a bit of research himself. But I think, oh, yeah, he's again... A, he's, he's a full-on fanboy. Exactly. So, like, again, I'll finish what you've started. Like, he worships him. So, and there's something odd there, too. Like, how come Anakin, the most powerful Jedi ever, to be argued... uh didn't try and contact Kylo. Is he being blocked? Is 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 he not able to intervene somehow? Because we know we can force ghosts, but is Snoke strong enough to kind of like set up that mental barrier between them? And yes, I I, I have to kind of agree with Dave in the sense that uh, Snoke definitely manipulated Kylo a lot with this this fact that was presented to him. 
Well, yeah, Snoke has manipulated the ever-loving bleep out of Kylo, I think. And, you know, with what we saw in in The Last Jedi, with the mind bridging, who knows? I mean, mental force powers seem to be very key in this trilogy. So I could very much get on board with Snoke subtly slipping thoughts into Kylo's mind about Vader and his reputation and what what he should be doing to emulate his grandfather. Well, not only that, he kind of mentions in this mo- in The Last Jedi that he's the one that's responsible for their bridging, their connection, and, like, yeah, man, like, for sure, like, Kylo doesn't, again, know the, the whole the whole truth. He, he's he been giving a very biased view of it. Well, okay, so some, something you had mentioned about Anakin Force Ghost, why isn't he intervening with on behalf of, of the good side? Kylo, stop doing this. So, well, Kylo's asking, Grandfather, show me, show me the, the, the dark. I'll finish what you started, all that stuff. But what, like, how does he expect that to happen? There's, there's no Darth Vader force ghost. There's no Darth Vader force presence, right? Like, how would that happen? That, that, there's no way. Like, is, it, is that sort of a analog to, like, God give me strength type thing? Like you're not ex- or again, maybe Snoke has implanted visions of Vader. Like the only other explanation really could be that Vader in the afterlife has changed his mind and be like, "No, the Jedi like are so flawed. Screw that! Like I'm gonna come back as a Force Ghost and influence this kid." Which, to me, in my opinion, is really highly unlikely. We haven't heard of it yet. I don't really don't think that's the case. That is interesting, though. That even though Anakin has has kind of graduated to the great beyond as a Jedi. He might have very, very unique thoughts and positions on the Jedi as an order or religion, if you will, uh, in, in the afterlife. I mean, he might, maybe he comes back and tells Kylo, yeah, the Jedi are kind of not good. They ruin me. They're going to ruin you. So maybe Anakin even helped contribute somehow to Kylo's fall just by subverting the Jedi from the very start. Could that be a thing? That would be pretty shocking, right? Well, it's all very confusing. Like, honestly, like, I get really confused with the timeline now because, again, in the movie, like, how old is Ben Solo when Luke pulls his saber on him? Looks pretty young to me. How many years before is that? I'm going to guess that's five, six years before the force awakens well it's gonna it's gonna have to be because <laughs> if like if bloodline you know corresponding with bloodline but in the movie anyhow he, he looks like a teenager to me personally it's yeah maybe it's possible maybe it's more like 10 years i, I don't know well no it has because bloodline was what six years before tfa and and ben was still with luke at that point unless luke lied <laughs> But no, that that doesn't make sense either. No. So no, that what that vision we saw. That's that's five-ish years. Previous. I mean, Kylo looks a lot younger, but I I think that's what we're talking about. That's pretty interesting. Um. Hmm. I, f- I feel like we could just talk about this whole thing for hours. But it, it, like, if Snoke is not implanting the, the thoughts directly into Kylo's mind. 
then like you said, at the very least, he's influenced him to believe that Vader was the man and that Anakin was was the weakling, right? There's Well, no one knows about Anakin at this point. That's the whole thing. Like, where is he gonna find out? Where is he gonna get any shred of evidence that Anakin Skywalker is is Darth Vader aside from Well you know, evidence of Anakin exists? Yeah, there's very few people who know. Like it's it's Luke and just a handful of people until uh, it finally gets out there. I'm sure Kylo knows. And again, from the novelization of TFA, they they mentioned how like Vader suffered that moment of of compassion. And I th- I think they just didn't want to say the name Anakin. It's like the, the name that we shall not speak. Um. But yeah, I one way or the other, Dave. Uh, there's like Snoke is definitely influencing uh kylo there's no question it's implanting the thoughts about vader sure i why not i don't i don't i i like it because he's definitely got a very skewed vision of what's going on like, or at least definitely... at least telling kylo what he wanted to hear through vader's actions right yeah once he hey. finally found out about <clears throat> how you vader, doing guys hey james is back Sorry about that. Uh, I got sick kids and a wife with a migraine, so... Oh, boy. Duty called. <laughs> Duty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, James, we are kicking around Dave's question about uh, Snoke and the potential of him implanting... Inceptioning. Inceptioning. Yeah, good word. Inceptioning Vader thoughts into Kylo. What's your take? Uh... I didn't think that all by myself, but when I read Dave's question, I thought it was a cool idea that fits. Like, I, I mean, I think if someone told me that's what was going on in the next movie, I'd I'd buy it. Yeah, because we, like we were saying before, like it seems like psychological manipulation, force powers, seem to be a thing. Because we know we know that Kylo can and Snoke can pull thoughts out of people so why can't snoke be powerful and powerful enough to put thoughts into people yeah and i mean if, if snoke was powerful enough to like psychically hook up uh Raylo, um then you know i guess he what else can he do in your mind kind of thing uh, I, I think it fits like i said i didn't think of that all by myself and it's not i'm not you know 100 percent convinced but why not it definitely fits. Yeah, the more I think about it, the, the more, yeah, absolutely I think it fits. I don't know if, if we'll ever get that answer. I don't know that we're ever going to get a book about Snoke where he's sitting on in his big throne saying, hee, I'm going to just let me put this little thought into Kylo's mind. This will really mess with him. I think we'll, we would just see it from the perspective of, of Kylo having a vision about Vader and then who knows where the source is. All right, Dave. There you go, man. I I think uh, there's the answer from our perspective. I think the three of us agree that Snoke very well could have been putting thoughts of Vader into Kylo's mind. I like it. Yeah, big time. All right, so we'll move on to James McDowell. We're still on the Kylo, Ren, and Snoke bandwagon here. So James sent me this. So He wants our thoughts on Kylo Ren in the elevator when he has his tantrum. How does this relate to his betrayal of Snoke? Who wants this one first? Well, I think it uh, the tie-in there for me is is the impulsivity, right? Like he's 
he's he's impetuous. He's uh, he, he's like he throws temper tantrums, and he seems to make decisions in in the heat of the moment. Yeah, on a and whim. So, I like that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's and highly so, emotional and unstable. I I think um, that the as much as you know, I, there's things that I don't like about the movie. I think they were very true to Kylo. Uh, I think I think he fits with the same guy we got introduced to in Episode Seven. And yes. Yeah, that that sort of very uh, consistent. Yeah, maybe the most. Now that I, yeah, I, as I sort of th- think about it, as I say it, he might be the most consistent um, between the two movies. And yeah, I think uh, sort of those those two scenes are related to each other in that in that uh, it just shows how sort of fiery and in the moment he he does live yeah i i think he's he's so also so needy right he wants somebody's approval or love maybe he's just got a big hole in his heart where nobody will love him but i think he's had enough of being belittled by snoke or being treated treated again treated like a little kid or that he's not powerful enough or ruthless excuse me ruthless enough and so he gets off that elevator and the first thing he does is he sees those two like hapless officers, and he says, "Just prepare my ship." And so he's he's ready to go out and cause some damage. And I think he set out with the intent to kill Leia, because Snoke was sort of grilling him about how when he murdered Han, the deed split him in two. Right? Like he just it broke his resolve. Uh, so I think he was going to go out again to prove to Snoke, "No, I'm going to go out and kill my mom now, and I'll show you again that I'm I'm the guy you need." Um, but yeah, he, he again, he couldn't do it. And I think that moment where Snoke berates him, it, it triggers a change in Kylo that leads him to eventually killing Snoke because he's just fed up with the guy. And like that, in doing what Vader could never do in taking out the lead dog in Palpatine. Corey, you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I like what James was kind of going with the, with the his impulsivity, like just, yeah, just riding the whim. And I got the sense right away in this movie that uh, Snoke was playing Hux and Kylo against one another, like totally manipulating Kylo uh, and like really making Kylo feel like a, a punished puppy dog in this. And he was fed up at a point, And I sensed that in Kylo, like, like him kind of looking like saying like, you're going to get your own, you know what I mean? And that's 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 a part of him too. Like we didn't see him. That's a question too. Moving forward, I think it'll probably be on the episode nine question list. So start thinking about it in two years from now. But will Kylo ever wear his mask again, or is that just a part of him that's dead? Like let the past go, destroy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think it, he know? made such an emphatic point about killing the past, and it's all let's burn it all down. I think I think he's through with the mask. Either that or he's got an entirely different one. But we'll see. But yeah, I, I think... Uh, yeah, I think I think it's it, it's just that. I've had enough of this guy. And, you know, I guess maybe you could also now take his, his words from TFA a little differently when he says, I'll finish what you started. Uh, maybe maybe that now means, like, I'll, I'll take out... No, it doesn't work. He, he, he's kind of asking for for dark side powers to snuff out the light. Yeah, that doesn't work. But yeah, again, like Vader never liked Palpatine. He just felt subservient to him that he could never get past the guy. So now Kylo is, has reached a higher level than 
rank wise that or power wise that uh Vader never did. Which is kind of yeah, interesting. I like that. I yeah, I like that possibility. Kind of interesting. All right, James, I hope that I hope that helps answer the question. Let us know if you agree. And we have a voicemail from Carrie this week. So let's listen to what Carrie's got for us this week. Hey guys, Carrie here. Thought it would be easier to do this instead of sending a long, boring message for Kyle to read. Also thought I could clarify a few things. First off, I'm not totally batshit crazy and listening to every moment of every single episode ever posted. However, after listening to the last several episodes, I decided to scroll back to the beginning and work my way through. Skipping some stuff here and there, of course, uh, but I believe I'm on episode 40 now. Some weeks work is really busy, and some weeks I can listen to podcasts all day long. As far as joining up with you guys, I kind of impulsively jumped on the Tumbling Saber bandwagon. With only having my fiancé and a few friends to geek out with, I thought it would be great to talk to people who actually want to listen and discuss. Second, I really appreciate Kyle's perspective on Disney being connected, or rather not being connected to Star Wars. When I make the connection, I'm at the point where my mind goes, yes, Star Wars movies for the rest of my life, and hello, Star Wars land at Disney World. Please give me a specific opening date so I know when to plan vacation. All right, third is my question for the week. If you could design your very own lightsaber, how would you do it? Again, I'm only on episode 40. If this has been discussed, forgive me, but answer it again anyways. So would it be a classic single blade, double bladed, maybe a cross guard lightsaber, curved hilt? What about color? Personally, I love Ahsoka's two white sabers. Plus, I'm ambidextrous, so why not utilize it? All right, you've heard enough out of me. Thanks, guys. Until next time. All right, there goes Carrie. Carrie, lovely to hear your voice. Thank you for jumping into this little community with both feet. And um, look, look at Carrie go plowing through our entire back catalog. That's that's a lot of stuff to, to chuck through. 40 episodes in. Only, what, 60, 70, 70 more to go. Minus, I guess, a few when you first uh, heard our, our latest. All right, so, Corey, I'll, I'll turn to you first about the question of your own personal lightsabers. What What's your design choice? You steal mine, I kill you. Ugh. <laughs> well, the lightsabers are so cool, man. Like, there's there's so much going on with them. And, like, I, I love the en- endless possibilities. Like, I've pretty much loved everyone that I've seen in the saga so far. Like, uh, animation, all that stuff. Like, I loved Ezra's staple gun uh, saber. I thought that was so him. Uh, even the Inquisitors, I thought that was cool too, except till it, when it got to the saber copters. I thought that was a little much. Oh, a the little spinning, much. The spinning blades were way too much. Oof. Come on. Well, I, I kind of like the sp- spinning blades because what it kind of represented to me was they weren't able to take on Jedi without this extra little trick up their sleeve. You know what I mean? Like they needed these, they relied on these spinning blades to, to mess you up. Like they haven't reached that Sithdom or Jedidom. So they have that, that, uh, that upper edge by playing dirty. But uh, anyway, I, I I thought they were cool, so I think there's a lot of possibilities there. But uh, mine, I don't know if you can envision <clears throat> what the black saber or the dark saber, excuse me, look like in uh, Rebels. The top of that, where the the blade came out of, I want a top like that with a few coils, like Luke's saber, kind of just a few, like maybe three, two or three coils. And then right underneath that, it's uh, it's it's a longer blade uh, or handle, excuse me, like like a good two two handed handle and more. Uh, it's made of like 
I don't know, wood from Kashyyyk or something like that. You're, you're stealing mine. Oh yeah, good. <laughs> but it, it's it's it, it's intertwined. Like it's, it's got to be made of, like, of a dark dark wood, but like intertwined within it. Like I, I don't know if you can imagine this, but picture from the top down after the coils. Uh, it come. There's two kind of like lines coming down at a 45 degree angle that form an X, and then below that another X, all made of like I don't know some kind of like steel, some kind of metal like that's shiny, and they'll definitely be like in the center of one of them. The letter Z, <laughs> but it's and it, it it's curved kind of like uh I don't know like Ventresses as well. Like what kind of Z Z though? Like like the Zorro Z, it's something like that. More like ZZ Top Z. Interesting. <laughs> oh my god. Oh jeez. James, what was what would your lightsaber look like? And wait, oh electric oh, blue as well. Electric. That's blue. the color. Yeah, right. We got yeah. yes, of course. We got to know what color. Um, I'll start with my color then. I, I'm going green. Um, no question, no hesitation. I didn't have to think about any other color. Not only is green my favorite lightsaber color, it's just I've always been attracted to green everything since I was a little kid. So hands down, no no uh, hesitation there. You you like cutting grass? Um, I, I just like green always. Like if if even like I learned to like green flavored things most, like lime. Is a is a flavor I like because I wanted the green lollipops as a kid. <clears throat> That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. Um, and so yeah, Luke's green lightsaber to me was like the most badass thing ever. And but very simple. I would go single blade. But the only thing is, the only like little tweak on it is I would have somehow I would have like a short, stocky. Um. I'd have a stubby, like if we're talking beer bottles, I'd have a stubby lightsaber. It wouldn't be quite as long, and it would be extra thick, and it would hit, it would hit extra hard. Like <laughs> I, I know you can't chop another lightsaber in half, but if you could, mine would be the one to do it. So it would be like the broad axe, the broadsword of, broad, of broad lightsabers. Sword, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm I'm a classic guy too. I I just I like my lightsabers, just one blade. I remember seeing Darth Maul's at first, and I was like, oh, really? This is where we're going? And now it's a piece of Star Wars history, and it's super cool. I loved it the first time I saw it. I hated the way they revealed it. Why would you light up one blade at a time like that, except for a movie reveal? It's Well, yeah, that's that's because we need to make this a cool moment. Yeah, but that's the only reason, and it doesn't hold up when you watch it the second time. It's like, well, that's lame. Why wouldn't you just fire it up? Anyways, I've, I never liked the way they revealed that. Yeah, it's for that one moment, right? Um, That's true. That's something that could be in retcon afterward because you don't necessarily... Now, after you've seen the Clone Wars, you know that it was a thing that Jedis did train like that, but it could be like a thing to kind of intimidate them like, oh no, not one, but two. And they kind of just look at each other like, oh no. <gasps> yeah, I was never crazy about it. It's like, okay, like, I, I really, you know, everything in the 90s, the late 90s was like everything to the max, to the extreme. And I was like, oh, <laughs> That here. was such a great word, eh? Extreme. No E at the start. It just started with the X. Just just forget it. <laughs> just go right to the X. Yeah, because that's more extreme. And you, and you would capitalize the X and make it bigger and bolder. It was like, that, that was you what the 90s get a, were, right? You might even get a, like a, a hyphen in there. Oh, yeah, or an apostrophe. You know, c- computer effects were starting to hit their stride, and so holy hell, we can do whatever we want now. Make everything extreme. 
that is, so that, that I was always afraid of where lightsabers would go next. And I, I'm glad that they kind of held back until the helicopter saber, which sucks, Corey. Yeah, well, you know, I wasn't a fan of the helicopter scene either, but before that, I was kind of digging it. I, I like what Carrie said, though, about Ahsoka's white lightsabers. I love those. I love the thin profile of the, her two white ones. Super yeah. cool. So mine would be thin profiled like that. Almost like a ninja sword handle. Katana? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I would also, I would also work in the Worsher wood, the wood of the Wookiee tree. Nice. Definitely. Have some, some yeah, wood definitely. I, our, our lightsabers must be inspired by Gunji's, that episode of the Clone Wars oh, yeah. where their no the kids are bu- building them. Yeah. Gorgeous. Gunji's saber's hilt is probably my favorite. You know whose hilt I, I don't know. like anymore? I used to love it. Again, being a product of the extreme 90s, but I used to love Qui-Gon's with the black and the big red button. Now I look at it and I go, wow, that is so badly dated now. Yeah, it's dated. All that's, the lightsabers, the right like, I don't know if you ever held them in your hand, but I don't know, man. They're very, very, they're not really designed for fighting that well. Oh, they're ergonom- ergonomic nightmares for the most part. That's why I'm using the wood one, man. Like, I, I see mine, I, I'm curving it all. It's... It's like cylindrical. Yeah, when, you, it's... when you can move things around with the force, does it matter what it feels like in your hand? Do you know what I mean? Like, you, know, you don't really need yeah. to hold it to, to hold it. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean. Like, especially the way they describe it in Rebels recently, uh, the way that the blade actually interacts with the user. Like, even Sabine not being a force user was, as long as she was kind of wielding the blade in a way where she was kind of becoming one with it, like the blade would in a way become lighter and more manageable. Hey, we, I got to pause on, on the part where we talked about uh, the double blades because uh, Carrie said she was ambidextrous. And it, it made me th- think, did I ever ask you guys, I know this is a, a, a real tangent, but why is there no ambidextrous tennis players? Like you see it in other sports, <laughs> but how come there's no like player that has two serves and two forehands and no weakness, no weak side? You know, I, I don't know. And I I am a little bit ambidextrous myself, not not so much like not enough that I could legitimately say I'm ambidextrous but I can do certain things left and right but I've not played tennis nearly enough in my life to even tell you if I'm right or left-handed <laughs> well I, I know like I did play a little bit of tennis growing up and and there's certainly it's there's a weak side and strong side to serve on if you're right or left-handed and you you take that part right out just serving I can't believe we haven't seen really any ambidextrous servers never mind I think I would take it all the way to the where if I was ambidextrous, I would have no backhand at all. I would just have two forehands. But I don't know. When I, when I heard her question, I immediately thought that. So if you play tennis, let me know if you've ever considered <laughs> having no backhand and playing uh, playing with both forehands. Did, did you have a big grunt when you played tennis? I didn't. I hated that, even back when I was a kid. <laughs> I, did, I did, however, get signed up when I was 14 in a tennis tournament by my mom, and I got my ass whooped. By a 16-year-old girl, and then I quit tennis. My, <laughs> my ego just could not handle it. I was just, oh, I, I just no. didn't have the maturity. Yeah, I, I gave it up for a while. It's finesse. <laughs> she was just way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, let's step back a question or two ago about Snoke berating Kylo. He, he had to give her the gears because he got beaten by a girl. A girl who had never even held a lightsaber before. Like, it's a, oh, it's a, I, yeah, yeah. And Kylo is that archetype, right? Of of the, 
he's very proud. Like he wants, he so badly wants to be seen as powerful by everybody, but he did get beaten by a rookie. It's yeah. Rookie is better. I, I hate that. I hate that. I like looking back. I just, I was so unenlightened, but I, I hate, I hate that I gave up tennis because I got beat by a girl. It's such a small minded way, but you're right. That is the, the sort of stereotype archetype. He's trolling know, him too, probably. You know? Gender role. It sucks that that still exists. Like in 2017, that still works on Kylo. That sort of sucks. Like again, like put a, shame on the organizers too. Like you don't put someone who's never played against someone who's seasoned, ah, relatively speaking. I was definitely outclassed, but yeah, no, for sure. Um, there should have been maybe better divisions, but it was like an open kind of thing, and it was, anyways, it was really probably. Just, I don't think she took it nearly as seriously as I did. Like I'm sure she didn't celebrate her victory nearly as as hard as as I uh, <laughs> took the loss. As I yeah, <laughs> mourned the defeat. Did you smash your but, racket uh, like Johnny Mac style? You know, I I don't remember, so I probably didn't. But I also don't know what happened to that racket. Like I can't remember ever using that racket again after that day. <laughs> I so, burned it. <laughs> maybe it got thrown in the guy. I was really like super competitive and really quite immature, so I took it pretty hard. Are there any mature fourteen-year-old boys? No, that that's true, but like I think I was even immature f- for a fourteen-year-old boy. <laughs> well, you always had baseball to fall back on. Yeah, that's true. I, I did never get beat by a sixteen-year-old baseball player. You can always blame your teammates. But, yeah, and look, uh, there's there's not many sports really where um, guys and girls get to play like sort of one-on-one against each other, and so good for her for taking the opportunity to me to lick me in that one you know there you go it's a, it's a, a 2018 revisionist history enlightened look <laughs> yeah there you go okay so i think we're all the three of us are single blade is that the idea here it sounds like it we're, well that's not surprising we're all ot guys i mean it'd be nice to wield too i heard that's a, the hardest uh saber style well, I, I, I know I, I only take the one because I know I would kill myself in a second if I had anything more than that. If I had a double sided or just two single sabers, I'd be I'd kill myself before I even start the fight. No doubt. All right, Carrie. There you go. You painted a picture of our sabers. You, yours kind of inspired mine because I didn't think of the Ahsoka whites until you mentioned it. I was like, you know, that's that is absolutely it. The thin profile with the wood on them—that's my—that's my own personal adornment. So there you go. Thank that's you, say Awesome what? question. And forty episodes uh, in—that's first of all, forty is a good number because Kyle turns old this year. Oh. Um, and, <laughs> and secondly, way to go. Good for you. Thanks for plowing through those and putting up with uh, me and Corey bickering for forty episodes. <laughs> and yeah, for I some was, shoddy I was guess- audio quality at that port at, at that <laughs> stage of our show too. Oof. I don't remember. We had a few rough episodes. I'm, I'm in that impressed, era. man. I'm honestly impressed, and I'm I'm happy to, to hear that someone's actually going through the the catalog. Like, it's pretty impressive. Like, go carry. Yeah, Car- carry might become the official tumbling saber archivist at some point. When did we say this, carry? I'm just kidding. I wouldn't put that. <laughs> I would never put that on anybody. <laughs> um. All right. There you go. And Katie's back this week and with another from her series of uh, favorite moments of. So Katie says this week, hey, guys, hope you guys are well. The question this week is, what is your favorite Anakin Skywalker moment? 
Mine surprisingly comes from Attack of the Clones, and it is the slaughter of the Tusken Raider camp. Yes, I know this may be cheating because he was well on the path to becoming Darth Vader, but I just loved Hayden's performance. You could feel the anger coming out of him, from the evil stares to the swift and heavy strokes of the lightsaber. So good! I uh, Yes, I, Katie, I, I, I do give Hayden Christensen a break in those scenes. He tempered up very well. Uh, so, guys, James, what is your favorite Anakin moment? Um, that's tough. I, is young Annie included in that? Sure. Mm, I, I don't want to loophole it, but I think my, my favorite Anakin moment is probably tied up in episode one. And it's a scene that I know a lot of people sort of got really sick of really quickly. But I love the pod race, man. I know I'm alone on my island. No, the pod race is lo- fun, man. Who doesn't like a pod race? A lot of people don't like the pod race. What? Yeah. But, uh, well, hey, anyway. Uh, maybe I'm saying that because I like it a lot and I'm sensitive to it. I, I sort of notice when people trash it. Um, but I love that scene. And I like, uh, I don't know, I like, I like how he sort of has his little rivalry with Zabulba. And I like young Annie. I like them sort of. Overall, I think I liked him more than old Annie, so maybe that's why I'm picking that scene as well. Well, I remember when they cast. I remember going to StarWars.com and just waiting and waiting, and they started. Re- they released, I think, the the cast, and they just gave, had like headshots of the cast. And you see Jake Lloyd's, and he's just this perfect little boy with a bowl cut. And right away, I was like, "Oh God! Like, of course that's Darth Vader. Of course you're going to make him the cutest little boy you've ever seen." I thought he was. You know, say what you will about the actual performance but i think they nailed the look of what darth vader should be it just makes his fall that much more tragic for us viewers to go oh that cute little boy is that Ugh. yeah he was sweet he was cool he was funny i don't know i've i've and that's something about that scene too i've watched it like when i got my surround sound i put my bass under the couch and like we watched that particular scene a lot of times too there's a few different reasons but that might be my I mean, it's hard not it's hard not to pick the battle on that, Mustafar. That's even that's even like top prequel moments pod race. And I'm sure oh, that for was me, for me it is. I'm sure that was one of the funnest things for George Lucas to do because he loves he puts speed in all of his movies and he also loves cars. So for him to like him work with Ben Burt in designing you know how many pod races a dozen, 15 different pod racers with huge muscle car sounds to them. He must have been in absolute heaven putting that whole thing together. And, and it comes through. I, I love that sequence. The whole pod race is great. Dude, that, that was like my big reveal at the end. I think I was I was pretty much I had that waiting for the end in this one as well. Like I, I uh, the moment almost too, like a lot of people can dump on this as well, I, I think. But just the crescendo of the moment and the gravitas of the moment, because you as the viewer know what's going on. Anakin doesn't necessarily know yet that he's leaving Tatooine if he wins this race. You as the viewer do. So, you know, he built this thing on his own and he finally gets it working. And he's like, it's working. It's working. Like, I love that. Like, the way the music cuts coming in too, you're, you're like, damn, this kid is like the sweetest, like, little kid ever, like, building, like, pod racers. It's awesome, you know? And there's, there's a cut over to Shmi. And she's just standing there all on, on her own. And she she looks cold almost. Oh, she's sad, for sure. Like she, she, she knows, knows what's coming. I mean, maybe she doesn't know the, what's really coming 10, 15 years down the line. But she knows she's about to lose her boy. Yeah. 
you were meant to take in. Yeah, but you know what? I'm I'm uh, I'm right there with Katie. Like I, I my favorite scene of Anakin is also from Attack of the Clones, which is my least favorite Star Wars movie. But it's it's his scene following the slaughter of the Sand People when he returns to the Lars farm with Shmi's body all wrapped up, and he's he's glaring at them. Right? He's glaring at Padme and and Cleeg, uh, and Owen and Brew are out there too. And he he just carries Shmi's dead body, and he's just glaring at them like. Yeah, you dummies! I told you. Yeah, and then, uh, but for me, the, like the gold is in the next scene with Padme down in the garage, where he just like lays his emotions bare, and he he admits to killing not just the men but the women and children too. And there's a look on his face where he's just he's just going overboard, like he's just losing it. His temper's boiling over, then he's crying, and it's like the, it's this point of no return for Anakin. Like you know. Like the scale has been tipped, and he's he's becoming Darth Vader before our eyes. I I really I like that scene. Yeah, it was a big part of his turn for sure. His mom, the visions. Yeah, and like the Jedi kind of trying to like coach him out of intervening, right? So there's a, there's another, I guess, uh, domino down in his trust for the Jedi. They just told him like, ah, your dreams will pass in time. Don't pay attention to them, and stay and stay away from Tatooine. Just stay with the senator on Naboo. Like like James had mentioned as well, like uh, Battle Mustafar as well as the Duel of Fates, like just all lightsaber dueling, especially those two though as well. Uh, they really um, the the characters involved had to train so hard for them, and like especially like Battle on Mustafar, like it's it's long, it's drawn out a bit, but it is intense, like. You got to give some kind of props to that. And like Hayden Christensen really came through like another moment there, his move on Dooku. We spoke about that on the Kanto cast the way he like just so slickly lops off both of Dooku's hands. Like you're just like Dooku's just like, (laughs) and even Anakin himself, when, when Dooku, I can't say it's a favorite moment, but it's, it's a memorable moment uh, in theater. When you see Dooku just lop off, Anakin's arm like butter and then like force push him away I was like whoa in the movie theater the first time you know yeah that was a bit harsh or how about this oh, we totally forgot about this oh man you know that scene where he he, he uses the force to lift this apple up okay no <laughs> cut <laughs> moving on Katie thank you I don't. I don't know how many more. Char- I guess we have characters until the end of time, right? Bring it on, Katie. <clears throat> you know that that answer. Actually, I played within the rules because had we mentioned the Clone Wars, Anakin, there could have been a lot more fodder there. Yeah, I would. I would. I would have stopped himself. you. I would have stopped you in your tracks. Like, I think Twilight of the Apprentice is right up there. But that's not Anakin. Uh, he's firmly in the grasp of Vader. Yes, yeah, you're right, but still, like, such a good mo- interaction between them. You know, you see his, you see Anakin b- beneath the mask. Like. Yeah, that's that was amazing. All right, so uh, Casey James Bennett, and this is uh, here's here's how a network helps each other out. This is Casey James Bennett, who's who's been a longtime listener over at TSW, who because of you know us encouraging each other's shows 
has decided to kind of come over and, and take a listen to us. And he likes us. He really likes us. Okay, so Casey says, hey, guys. I've been a longtime listener and frequent listen, listener comms contributor of this Talk Star Wars podcast. I recently decided it was about time I branch out and try listening to the rest of the Star Wars Commonwealth podcasts. After listening to a few of the episodes of Tumbling Saber, I quickly settled on it as one of my new favorites. Thank you. Yay! Yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool. A few episodes back, Kyle made a comment about the recent Star Wars books coming out and how he hadn't been enjoying them as much as some of the Legends books. I don't know if I said that, but I, I know I, I know I said I haven't been enjoying them, but I don't know if, but the Legends book part, because I didn't really enjoy them. Anyway, I've been feeling this for a while, but I've been keeping it in because I don't have a lot of people to talk Star Wars books to, and also because I don't like to be too negative about these things. A little background on myself, I've only recently started getting into the Star Wars novels. I started with the Legends novels going chronologically, not in order of release date, but in universe setting date i made it through the last legends book before the darth bane series before i decided to switch to the new canon because i was tired of hearing references to new canon books and not understanding them i've also been tackling the new canon books in chronological order and i'm currently on the battlefront twilight company book i hate to sound like a cliche but i can't help but feel like the new canon books have been more about an easy money grab by referencing existing characters people already love instead of having a good story to tell. The old canon books could be a little hit or miss, but at least each one felt like it started as an idea for a good story that was meant to stand on its own. A lot of these new canon books seem to ha- seem like a poor story idea that was thrown together just as a justification to sell a book about a character that they knew people already loved from the movies or the TV series. Take the Ahsoka book, for example. The whole time I was reading it, I felt like it was a weak story that felt like it had no relevance in the Star Wars universe. It included random cameos, like the Inquisitor, who would have made no sense to anybody who hadn't seen the TV series. What do you guys think? A lot of these books seem to me like somebody was told to come up with a story to fill in the time between movies or TV series instead of somebody who had a good story idea and wanted to write a book about it. Do you guys agree? Or am I just a Star Wars fan who is getting too old and becoming the crotchety old man who thinks anything new isn't as good as the old Star Wars? Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Casey James, CJB, thank you, sir. My voice survived that one. Corey, you've read a few books. What's your take on these? It's 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 a kind of a broad sweeping question, but what's your take on... The new books versus the legend stuff. Is this a money grab? What do you think? Oh, it's definitely a money grab. Just yeah. in the sense that uh, the sheer volume of stuff that they're actually pumping out there. Uh, I don't know. I can attest to this. I've read several um, comics, several novels thus far. They've been some of them have been really good. Some of them have been okay. Uh, Kyle, you know, I listened to his journals of the willing, uh, you guys and Wesley as well, our good friend Wesley on Twitter, he, and you, you know, I've seen a lot of the art out there not being taken too seriously. Uh, I know what you mean. Like there's (laughs) There's some bad art. Holy smokes. There's some good art, but we, we like to poke fun at the bad stuff. There's just so much out there and it's 
going to be a lot of hit or miss at this part, but I've also heard that the good outweighs the bad in a way. Like, I've heard there's been a lot of good arcs, a lot of good stories. The one thing that we kind of lucky, kind of count our lucky stars on right now is that it's all canon now. We can kind of look at this stuff and say, okay, this happened, this happened. Legend stuff, in my back of my mind, I was always like, you know, this is imagination. You know, like, it's it's not necessarily what really happened. Uh, but I do get what he's saying in the sense that I would really like to see new characters. Like, look how successful Afra has been. Like, let's venture down a new avenue. Like, let's not always rely on these old characters of Vader, Luke, Han, Leia, Lando. Like, uh, even Rebels, whatever it is. Like, like v- step away from this. Like, very much what Ryan Johnson is going to do with his next trilogy. And just give us a whole new story. It doesn't even have to be like a... Not a, a rogue squadron story or something. It's just told something totally different from that galaxy, and I think it'll do fine if it's written well. Like there, there's so much uh, stuff to draw from there that they can make a really different story, and I think it'll be successful. And I, th- I do think they should go that route. But again, there's so much coming out right now that I, I do think it is a bit of a money grab. But at least they're kind of, I think they're doing a decent job at making those connective tissues make sense for the most part. Like. Pablo Hidalgo and the uh, the writing team, they're trying the best they can not to step on each other's feet or whatever. And that's so it. Just keep things. That's it. You hit on. That's I think the key thing. I was waiting for you to get there because that's the key thing. Like they're well, just keep things as clean as they can. But at one point, it's kind of just like you know, like back off a bit. Well, I'll come back to that. But James, do you have anything you want to add? I know you you don't really read Star Wars stuff, but. Any high level thoughts on anything here? No, just just overall, I'd, I'll I'll add the comment that Disney bought um, a brand, not an idea. So it makes sense to me that they're just pumping the hell out of that brand. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you you can label anything as a money grab. Anything at all is a money grab. Anytime you do a sequel, it's it's a money grab. Fast and Furious is up to what eight movies now. You could argue that two through eight have been money grabs. And, hey, that's their prerogative, right? If people stop buying it, they'll stop making them. Um, but, yeah, uh, Casey's trying to read everything, which is a just a massive undertaking. Massive. Uh, but I, I identify a lot with what he's saying. Um, but I, I think maybe I, we take different paths, but we come to the same con- conclusion overall with at least the new canon that for me, it's it's not what, like amazing. It's been okay. Some books have been really good, and some books have been really, really average and underwhelming. Like I've, there's been a couple where I was just like, "Yep, uh, this is this is really tough to get through." What am I getting out of this? And it's it's been a slog. Um, and I think Corey, I think you said the most important thing is that they're trying not to step on anybody's toes. They don't want to paint anything into a, anybody into a corner. And they're really afraid to lean too hard into certain concepts or in, too hard into continuity. But I, I think that they're, they're, they're trying to really tell character focused stories without having to lean on uh, the like events from the movies too hard. If that makes any sense, uh, like the the prince the the Alder, princess of jeez uh, Leia of Alderaan book, there's all kinds of little Easter eggs and nods to all eras of Star Wars. 
but the story itself doesn't really have at least I'm not done yet but it it doesn't seem to uh, maybe it's the wrong story to use but it doesn't feel like it connects on a big playing field the way like the movies do like they're trying to just keep everything very self-contained if that I don't, does that make any sense at all yeah like i totally get you there i i think again like it's a matter of uh continuity and not writing yourself into a corner like that's where it gets a little bold and daring and writing new characters and new force laden characters i think you can get into trouble there by doing something and then people being like oh like look what he did here and you know people just there's a lot of people like dissecting these this universe so like they gotta they do their best to 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 watch themselves in that regard well and when you look back to the old legends books especially the the, like the era where you and i were reading them like the early era of legends the, the timothy zahn series uh dark i think it was dark saber and crystal star like a lot of these books were like big bold action adventures and they were all page turners dare i say for in a lot of cases and i i don't know that we've we ha- we definitely haven't gotten that yet everything has sort of been almost like a long form storytelling that feeds into the movies in very not not minor ways but like if you don't read the book you don't miss any you you don't miss a lot Whereas these these legends books, it was almost like I'm just gonna cook up a big epic story and put it in in print, and if it almost they almost felt cinematic. There was just a lot of action throughout. Like I don't think I've read a Star Wars novel yet that has a lot of action throughout. Maybe the aftermath series had enough of it, but really nothing else. And I think that's what uh, at least Star Wars fans of a certain age are looking for a lot of times is like the big, the the books that make you feel like you're watching the movie and the books aren't doing that. Now the books are being in the end, they're, they're being books. They're, they're trying to tell stories. And of course your, your mileage may vary on what you consider to be a good or bad story. Um, but I, I definitely feel a lot of what Casey is saying. Like a lot of them, I just find very underwhelming. Like the, the Ahsoka book I was so excited for. But it, it, but it ended up being like a very character-focused book with very few links into the larger narrative. And that's what they've been doing. And I, maybe maybe that's what's not being appreciated by a large slice of the book-buying fan. <clears throat> Anything else you want to say, Corey? No, I know what you mean. Like, But I have to... There's just so much stuff that they can use right now again like there's all these characters like ahsoka like you said like the connective tissues they've they've laid down in between are somewhat significant i think you know every book kind of has a bit to say like uh i haven't read the ahsoka book yet but you know i've been spoiled pretty big on it um i do have it i plan on reading it but i think the whole (laughs) thing there is the the crystals right just like as you're reading the comics you're gonna slip in a novel too right Yeah, yeah yeah whatever I just want to get my hands on hindsight. Honestly, like that's gonna that's gonna be the spark. Oh, it is, is it? Oh yeah. Okay. But uh Yeah, anyway, man, that's uh, that's about it. Yeah. Uh The books I, I at some point they're bound to get better. At a certain point they're not going to be afraid. Like well, 
this trilogy, episode nine will wrap up, and I think maybe then they might loosen up and we'll get some grander stories. But yeah, they're they're just afraid of of stepping on toes and painting themselves into corners or taking too many liberties. Yeah, no, I, and also fans, and I'm guilty of this sometimes too. Like, we're looking for a book to be like a Wikipedia entry. Like, just where's the details? How does this apply to canon? Where's the Easter eggs? Where's the characters I like? I, I, I think we're a little bit guilty of that sometimes. When a book is, you know, let the authors write a story. You Be in it for the story, I think, is probably the the better way to go about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's nice to have those connective tissues, but for sure. Yeah. Anyway, Casey, thank you so much for, for giving us a chance and for liking our show. Glad to have you over here throwing us some questions. Thank you, sir. All right, let's wrap it up with our friend, Mr. Canto Cast. It's Jeffrey. And we had we had a lot of fun last week talking with Jeffrey and Tristan over at Canto Cast. We man, did we go over all over the place on that one or what? Yeah, we yeah. were off the rails, but I, <laughs> I I had fun too. Listening to that podcast was like watching a drunk chase a balloon along the edge of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was great fun. Very entertaining. <laughs> okay. Um, so very short and sweet from Jeffrey this week. Let's, let's hear what he has to say. Hey, hey, Kyle and Corey. And James, if you're there, how you doing, buddy? It's Jeff from the Canto Cast. It is time for my question of the week. Here we go. What is your favorite part of Detroit? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just kidding. That, that, that's not my real question. My real question is, think of Seinfeld and the series finale. Now, I would like to know how do you guys think the Star Wars Skywalker saga would end? How would their season finale end up? What would happen to our classic characters at the end of the Skywalker series finale? You know, just something to think about. Can't wait to hear your answers. Talk to you guys later. Have a good one. All right, Jeffrey. Thank you, sir. Let's wind it up, guys. What is the best way to end the Skywalker saga? And Corey, this is maybe a little bit similar to the question we answered from Aaron last week to wrap up the show. But I think there's a key difference. I think Aaron asked us how we would do it. And Jeffrey's asking kind of what is the best way, which could be two different things, unless you think your way is the best way. And Jeffrey's also asking us to do it from a Seinfeld perspective, you know? Uh, if you took it that way, then... Go go for it. That's the way I took it. Great. <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, again, <laughs> going back to the balance, I had noticed uh, mentioned that in Aaron's question that I still do believe that's what this saga could be about. Again, the first one being dark, the second one being light, this one being that uh, that middle ground. Um, of, yeah. So I guess I would see it kind of like. The war raging. Uh, I can't really get to that how they get there, but once Kylo 
and Ray kind of, who knows, they, they touch hands again in a special way and they figure it out and they bring the force to a balance together. They kind of just all look at each other and go their separate ways. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Like <laughs> that is very that kinda... is very Seinfeld. Yeah, that is a very Seinfeld way for this thing to wrap up. But that, I don't think that's at all what you think will happen. No, uh, I think the balance part. To be honest, I'm I'm kind of leaning in that regard. Uh, there's got to be some kind of grander thing, like you had said, with the the giving life to the planet Jakku. That would be a great metaphor or symbol for the future the power of the force and all this stuff uh looking at it in a whole new light oh how, how about this broom boy escapes canto bite and lands on jakku where ray is setting up her academy on a planet that is springing back to life with force power oh, how about that on, man broom boy's done <laughs> yes i know he's done he's a metaphor um Oh, if we're going to do it Seinfeld style, he's a metaphor! <laughs> Come on! Uh, James, what what's the best way to wrap this up? Um, well, I'll wrap up the show by being the only one of you guys who actually listened to Jeffrey's question. And the answer, Jeffrey, is Sherwood Forest. <laughs> Sherwood Forest is my favorite part of Detroit City. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yes, Corey. You you uh, threw the, the city of Detroit under the bus, didn't you? Yeah, the Motor City. You guys took it all that way, not me. <laughs> I was all innocent about it, and you guys just tried to corrupt me. Like Steve Carell in The Office. Basically, that's how innocent you were in your comment. Something like that. Um, as far as as far as ending, like when I heard Jeffrey's question, I I, I started to try to plug uh, like Darth Vader and and uh, Luke and Yoda into the courtroom kind of thing like I was looking at the, the Seinfeld finale and it, it didn't really work um, to, you can't really cross over super easily but I did think that if there's something Seinfeldian about um, the way that the, the series should end it it should end with a with a, uh, a binary sunrise um, just sort of <laughs> like no but just, if, if the last movie if the ending of the last movie was like tying up um, loose ends then the ending of the next movie could be like the opening of a new end you know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be so cool to see, like, just, I know what you mean, like, just imagine Ray, like, after her, her triumph, and we're all looking forward to this new grand f- uh, future, future, and yeah. and she's, like, looking out, just, you see this one giant sun, like, rise up, and it's, like, so glorious, John Williams crescendo, and then a second sun, ah! that's when I grab you and start, like, shaking you, James. Yep, <laughs> we're in that's, the that's the part. And that, and then, and then hold- let the speculation of... Ray and Luke begin anew, right? Because binary sunsets have been a Luke thing. Now, now if you hitch that to Ray, that can lead to all kinds of speculation again, thematically. No, not necessarily, because Luke can be there. And so you could just attach it to Luke. Luke's force ghost can be there at the end of this movie. Luke just brings a sun with him wherever he goes. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Boy. I mean, from a movie perspective... Like it's got to be ultra entertaining. If this is the end of the Skywalker saga, it it has to be super entertaining. And I don't know how they plan on doing that now. Like this this has to be everything that Star Wars is, doesn't it? Like doesn't this have to have lightsabers galore and space battles and 
God, you name it. Shouldn't shouldn't it all be in, in this movie? Yes. There's a lot going on, yep. It needs to be like three hours long, too. It it should be a healthy running time. Like, it, it should be the two and a half. If they want to do three, I, I will not say no, but it, it should be another two and the a half hour The longest one. Flick. What's the longest one now? The Last Jedi. At how long? 224 or something? 230. So, yeah, longer. 240, 245. More, more, more. Do it, do it up as much as you need to. But, you know, the, the way it is now, like, unless Leia's friends in the Resistance that didn't answer the call, unless they're somehow pulled into the fight, like, the Resistance has, they have no resources. They've got no ships. There's no fight. And I think they, it's 30 That's years why there's in the gotta future. Be a t- yeah, we gotta go into the time jump. Fifteen years in the future, it's all got time. Broom Boy's had time to get his license and, and <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that's it. Finn Finn's had t- time to grow a beard. Like, do you think they will? Nice, nice. Do you think they will put them in this really bad spot just to jump t- time jump them out of it? Yes, you think so? Eh? Well, I think it's a good opportunity for this saga to 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 move forward a few years. I mean, when you really look at the films having taken place back to back it's hard because we waited two years to see them but when you see it like that it's i don't know it's it's kind of hard like I, i'd like to where, where we're left at now there has to be like you know kylo probably has to have his time in the limelight where he's kind of the galactic supreme leader and the, the yeah, rebellion has to point, start Corey. anew right now and i've heard this from people who like the movie too um one of the one of the complaints is nobody buys kylo Really, or not nobody, but many people don't buy Kylo as the new head bad dude. Dude, and Kylo doesn't buy Kylo, and so he that's needs, the best part. He needs a time jump more than anybody. That's a fair point, because it is true. Like he's, yeah, he's but- he is such a child. He is such a man baby that no way does he deserve to be in charge of the like the ruling military of the galaxy. He's like, I have the force, and you don't. Me. <laughs> <laughs> But again, like in the movie, some but like there's there needs to be a figurehead bad guy to pay the price in this movie. And it's not it's not gonna be Hux. Like when Hux dies, and he will, I think, right? We're not gonna go, yes, Hux is dead, the first order's done, this movie's over. Hux is not enough, right? Hmm. Uh no, not nearly. But there's nobody. We don't know who that guy's gonna we don't know. You're right. There, there's. It seems there needs to be somebody besides Kylo, who's on, who's on team bad guy. And we it's don't not necessarily. Us. We don't need that necessarily. Like you have the first order and Kylo. Like, say potentially if Kylo does die, redeeming himself. You know, like killing the first order. Well, like how is he? How does he redeem himself at this point? I, I don't get it i don't know i don't know what he would do to redeem himself unless snoke is still in the picture and that whole thing was a fake which i doubt and i think would be really silly yeah kylo would be in big trouble too big trouble (laughs) there'd be some splaining to do but how does how does he redeem himself at this point and why would he do that like that's expecting almost like seeing a is gonna him and Ray have a pretty deep connection, you know. If anyone's gonna sway him, it's gonna be her. Like I, I just see, even though it seems like maybe I just see any redemption um, of Kylo Ren if he is indeed the ruler, and I think he probably will be. 
if he just sort of like, ah, you know what? This whole bad thing sucks. Ray, I'm done with this. It's just so anticlimactic. Turn the ships off. Turn off your guns. We're out of here. Like, we're done? That's how this ends? Like, there's somebody somebody has to die. (laughs) I hope there's some kind of, like, mystery box that JJ has going to open for us. In the Force. The Force. It's got to be about the Force making, uh, coming to the conclusion of this. Like, yes, the First Order needs (gasps) to be kind of wiped out. What if in 9, they start bringing people back to life? There's your bad guys. So, like, you you can kill off the bad guys again. You can kill off Dooku again. (laughs) You can kill off off all these guys all over again. Meh. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Clone... Clone ghost clones, force ghost clones. Now, save that for uh, save that for your episode ten, number X. <laughs> episode X. <laughs> yeah, again, like I just I, I don't know what what they're gonna do. I mean, it it just it feels like this movie is so up in the air. Balance of the force, balance of well, the force. Jedi ended with balance of the force. We already had that, yeah. No, it ended with light side on top. No, 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 no. no. Uh, do we have to go back here again? Like Carrie still has clip? yet to get to our arguments over Lucas's prophecy. Like, do we need to give her the sort of Cole's note of that ridiculous saga in our chapter? Wait, you... Prophecy fulfilled, balance restored. Done, Corey. Done. And Luke yeah, said in no. the Last Jedi, after a time, uh, for a time, there was balance. Nah, no balance. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's Corey rejecting. Reality again because it doesn't fit with his head cannon. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't see it. Like even Luke says it himself at one point that there can't be one without the other, and that they kind of both need to coexist. Like I think there's more to it than meets the eye, and this whole Jedi Prime thing is starting to prime me up on it as well. I mean, I, I don't deny that balance is probably where this is going. Like a, a, somebody who's really going to capture this balance and. Make at least give us a firm idea that maybe this is a permanent balance. It's like it's got to have both, though. It has to have the dark, uh, the dark and the light. You can't have one without the other. Like it's got to be that happy medium. It can't be all one and not the other. You it's know like a Thanksgiving I mean? turkey. You got to have the light and the dark meat. Yeah, baby. I don't know. Yes, it's probably where it's going. We, we, they've they've talked a whole lot about balance, but I feel like we've been down that road. And I don't. And they keep veering away from gray Jedi. No one wants to say that either. Because it's an oxymoron. I mean, the the Jedi Prime dude, like whatever it is, he he seems to keep a, a healthy amount of both dark and light. Well, we also don't know anything about him. Let's uh, let's not get too crazy over a mosaic, <laughs> right? No, but I mean it's it's pretty evident. Like from the first time look at it, like it it clearly looks like uh, a yin and a yang symbol. Like, I'll give you that. Very emblematic. But we still don't know a ton about it. But anyway, so like, I, I, I'm, the, I'm the idiot that brought it up off the top of the show that maybe Rey becomes that Jedi Prime, the person who kind of embodies dark and light at the same time, and somebody who can handle it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, like I don't know that that's the best the way, though, is, to answer Jeffrey's question. Is that the best way to end it? I kind of like it. It gives a conclusion to this saga, anyhow. Like, why bring this? Why stir it all back up? Like, at that point, again, it seems like going back to Casey's thing. It seems like a money grab. Like, 
be really nice. We we see that the Force has awakened now, and Ray is this kind of like prodigy that we've never really seen have this kind of like power awakened in someone this quickly before. So there's got to be a point to it all. Like she's risen to meet the dark, you know. And what's the end game of it all, you know? Hmm. I mean, that's what, that's what we're trying to answer, which we're never going to do. It's 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 too nebulous at this point. But yeah, I mean, as far as the, as a movie goes, it just it needs to just be all things Star Wars. It has to be funny and action packed and a little bit mysterious and and weird. And it, it's 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 well it's it, it's got to have a conclusion. It's got to have a satisfying conclusion, but. Uh, there's also got to be maybe a crack for us to speculate about that. Oh, if they want to do this in the future, they could open the story back up here and f- with episode 10 if they wanted. Broom Boy 2's come back as Mop Boy. But, you know, that, that part's not really necessary because Jedi wrapped up and you're like, that's it. This is done. You got the little family photo at the end. That That's a bow on it, folks. We're done. Tough one, right? I'd, I'd like to see it conclude again. Like, we know now that Ryan Johnson is making a whole new trilogy outside this realm. Could be thousands of years, the future, the past. We just know it's very distant from this, which is a good sign to me. And again, when you look at the journals of the Wills, uh, what it's really been is R2 recounting this 100-year time frame. We're closing in on that time frame. I really want to see that being like the foundation to all future Star Wars, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, just being that that keystone to everything like this is the climax of everything but like there's all this room to play before maybe i don't even want to say after like i i want this thing to conclude like all the years before they can do as much as they want there could even be things like of this gravitas 20 30,000 years prior but i'd like this journals of the wills to be wrapped up with r2 telling that story of the skywalker saga being like this is how it all went down. Yeah, fair enough. James, anything you want to throw in there? Uh, I can't add much to that. Uh, good job, Corey. Well said. <laughs> well done. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's still really early to answer that question, I think. And I, I don't mean that to be a cop-out. Just It's, it's just got to be a very, very well-rounded Star Wars movie. But can you guys like? Can you guys like agree with me in that sense? Where you're like the first I want it one to you... end. No, I agree with you. I want it to end. Like I do. Agree no, with but, that. but but what about the sagas? When you look at each one separately, like the first one, the, the prequel trilogy. When you look at that chronologically, ends on a dark note. The second one ends on a very light note. Light light like, note with balance theme. restored. Yeah, light. The light side is like tromping the dark. Well, it's gonna do it again in this one, I think. We'll see. Like, who knows? Like, look look at Rebels right now. Like, just in watching the recent trailer, like, Hera's kind of like, oh, man, you guys don't know what's coming toward you. Like, you just see, like, Kanan, like, whip out this knife and, like, take off his, his ponytail as if, like, he's gone through this transformation. Like, he's like, I don't care. Like, in, even the trailer, I think you see him, like, kill, like, three people, maybe. <laughs> he's just like, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. Like, don't mess with my girl. Like, it's time to change. Like, he, it's like he's like the Jedi that's kind of sensing that back then. Like, the Qui-Gun of the, the modern day where, like, 
no, no, no. This is what needs to be done. Like, I get that this is a living being, but this is what needs to be done, kind of, you know, like life. Like, I could see Raid doing that in the long run, too. Like, oh, you can't kill me. Just the way Vader says it uh, to Ahsoka, like, oh, no, revenge is not the Jedi way. Like, I'm no Jedi. Like, back off. Mm, she's going to be a Jedi, I think. Yeah, with a whole new perspective. Yeah, I think she'll, she'll, yeah, she'll be a different embodiment of Jedi, I think. I think that's kind of clear. All right, Jeffrey, I know we kind of, I'm not, I'm not sure we fully answered the question, but we're we're getting there, I think, slowly, slowly, slowly. Um, but let, let's let's chip away at this. Let let us know what you guys think. <clears throat> and with that, I like balance. Yeah, balance is underrated. It's good. <laughs> yes, George. <laughs> what was he actually talking about there? Pity. Pity. <laughs> All right, that's it, everybody. So, ads, Bradley, Katie, Dave, Carrie, Casey, James. James, Jeffrey, thank you guys, one and all, for helping us round out this show. It is very much appreciated, and we hope to hear from you again as soon as episode 111. And for our powerful friends, we're back this week, Stephen and I, with Journals of the Willing. A little bit of uh, book talk, a little bit of comic talk, and I can't wait to get to that because it's been it's been a while, I think, since we've spoken about Star Wars on the printed page. Uh, so if you want to hear that, that will drop to our powerful friends and, uh, Corey, how do you become a powerful friend? Uh, well, I think you got to go to uh, www.patreon <laughs> forward slash tumbling saber or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Or something like that. Oh, good Lord. And, well, and and the, you know he said the www as like a stall while he calculated the rest in his brain. Either way, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, either way, you should join because, uh, yeah, you get a lot of good exclusive stuff and uh, your chance of winning uh, some pretty uh, choice merchandise is, is it's it's pretty high. James, you want to take a stab at it? Do you, do you know it off the top of your head? Where do people go to become a powerful friend? I just go to the link on our tumblingsaber.com webpage. There, there you go. It's uh, Well, it's there. It's also at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. Just a couple bucks a month. And like Corey said, you get podcasts, prize draws, contests, like our upcoming Han Solo contest. Get in for that. Toys. Newsletters and more. And if that's not in the books right now, you can always leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. And that's a very awesome way to help us uh, get some eyeballs and attention on the show and help us grow. And it's the beginning of the week, so don't forget to check out the Star Wars Commonwealth Network. Amazing set of podcasters there, and I, I don't know many things in this world, but I do know that they're going to put out another great week of Star Wars content. So go to StarWarsCommonwealth.com or just look up Star Wars Commonwealth on Apple Podcasts and thank me later. So all that is done, guys. James, plug, plug your Twitter handles and uh, your new podcast. Yeah, if anybody's interested in The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, or Middle-Earth at all, come check us out at An Unexpected Pod over on Podbean or on Twitter, um, An Unexpected Pod. And uh, yeah, we're diving into the Silmarillion, and we've had a lot of fun in the first couple of episodes, so we'd love to have you along. You can also check me out at Twitter uh, at www.twitter <laughs> at Tommy Bombadil one Forward slash TumblingSaber.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Corey, do, do you need to remind the people where to find you? But of course, good sir. You can all find me at, uh, what is it, James? Uh, chop rules with a Z. That's correct. No. 
Stop rules of the Z. <laughs> I think people live for that now. People hang around to the end just to hear that. And I'm at Tumbling Saber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Come check us out. Come hang out. Talk Star Wars. And so all that's done, guys. We're in the books. Episode 110 is done. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did too. Thank you for making us part of your day. And we'll talk to you guys later this week. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Don't